My name is Matt Brown. I've been practicing. Hmm, practicing what? Some dance moves. And let's start the show. I was walking through the city streets And a man walks up to me and hands me the latest energy drink Run faster, jump higher Man, I'm not gonna let you poison me I threw it on the ground You must think I'm a joke I ain't gonna be part of your system Man, pump that garbage in another man's veins is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Nice to have you with us here on this Thursday, April 22nd, 2021 day. I hope everybody's had a fantastic week. I hope all those celebrating 420 on Tuesday did it in a fun, safe, and relaxing way with chill vibes and good times. I hope everybody had a good week at, to this point. Whether you shot your shot with someone you've been meaning to, whether you've been needing a pick-me-up at work, whether you need to find work, I hope everybody made strides this week to make it possible. And before we hit a great weekend ahead, I just want to remind you all to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check us out exclusively on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all the exclusive content regarding this podcast. Every single podcast is on the site. Every single video we have recorded, all the different blogs I have written. We have our exclusive store, merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle on this site. You can also check out that store on the episode description below or go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com slash merchandise and check out all the great things we are selling regarding this show, including amazing apparel for the summer, Great office supplies for year-round, awesome miscellaneous items. You could get towels, pillows, shirts, sandals, socks, anything you could think of, anything we could put that logo logo on. It is found on our merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle at affordable prices. Also, don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations to check out all the exclusive content that we bring out into the world of social media. So where are we at on this Thursday, the 22nd of April? People think the sky is falling with the Yankees. Do not panic yet. Do not panic yet. I know things are looking bleak, but, I mean, not even. It's early April. Well, no, it's it's late April at this point, but we're being patient. We've had rough starts before. We still made the playoffs. You know, people point out 97 was a rough start. Made it all the way to the playoffs, still won the division, and played a classic division series against the Cleveland Indians that they just barely won, but a lot of heart in that game, heart, heart with that team. Paul O'Neill slide. We had rough starts before in 05, still made the playoffs and won the division. And we brought up, you know, 
that year bringing up Chinming Wong and Robinson Cano and still made a run in the playoffs. Another tough division loss that season as well. And you know, don't worry. Be happy. The Yankees are going to be fine, everybody. And, you know, if we're at this point a month from now, still oddly having the worst record in the American League, then yeah, there's something to reevaluate here. But don't worry. It's going to be okay. Again, got to get these players ready. Got to get these players warmed up. Got to get these players back to normal in their usual Yankee winning ways, which I believe will happen. But also this upcoming week, we have my Knicks making a big push at the playoffs. We're good enough to not play in that playing tournament. And we are getting that first playoff spot in eight seasons in Tom Thibodeau, we trust, leading us to good times. And Julius Randle becoming a star in this town in front of our eyes. R.J. Barrett stepping up. Emmanuel quickly still balling. And yeah, this Knicks team can't get you more excited if you're a true Knicks fan. Heck, if you're a basketball fan, you're excited for the Knicks. Let's be real. And the Knicks are good. Life is good. So great job for the Knicks. And yeah, I mean, we got quite the show today. First, we have a return, the returning guests of the Word for Word podcast, Dolo Ren and Bars the God coming on the show. We're going to talk about life. We're going to have a lot of laughs. We're going to have a lot of good vibes. Then this weekend, very big weekend in the world of entertainment. It is Oscar weekend. This Sunday, the 26th of April is Oscar night. The 93rd Academy Awards ceremony is going to be this Sunday. As you know, I'm a big movie guy and we are definitely making some predictions for a Sunday night's big event where I have Mike Gumad returning to the podcast to talk to me about Oscar predictions and have things to get excited for there. Don't forget to check out his podcast, The Amazing Marveled Podcast on all podcasting platforms, especially Apple and Spotify. So action-packed show there. Monday's show will be dedicated to the Oscars exclusively. And then we have the NFL draft coming up next week, which I am planning a show on as we speak to get that settled. And we also have the Kentucky Derby a week from Saturday, the first Saturday in May. We'll even get into a little bit of the horse racing in Churchill Downs next Saturday, May 1st. So we will be covering that for as well but first things first we have to get into the epic episode as i said dola ren and bars the god is coming back to the productive conversations podcast with many stories many laughs great vibes and incredible energy we are going to have a lot of fun with this so let's start it right away dola ren and bars the god let's get back to it it's your guys turn once again let's make these moves here we go We're here simply because we want to be. I have the host of the Word for Word podcast coming on for their second appearance. Dollar Red and Bars, welcome back to the Productive Conversations podcast. What's going on, gentlemen? So hyped to have you. What's going cool on, baby? It. I'm cool it's in it, boy. man. Bars the God, coming back to you live. Well, not live, but coming back to you. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that's big bars. Back that's, again. that's big bars. Oh, and, that's, and that's and that's my and that's my and that's my and that's my um my my partner, you know what I'm saying right there, Slick Dolo Ren, you know what I'm saying Slick Daddy Dolo, he like you know, 
I'm on the low though, you be like, you know, with your bitch, you know, just be careful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like that. I like that. Good vibes all around, man. Before we're, we're just here to chop it up. Honestly, that's that's what we're here for and what we oh, do best. Sake? I knew I saw the kanji. I knew it was some sake, man. Get that sake in. It's an excited time for Bud as we see more and more states getting legalized. And man, one of gr- God's greatest creations for us all. As Chris Tucker once said in Friday, man, weeds from the earth. We got to appreciate God for that. <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> I, I saw, um, I saw, uh, I don't know if I saw you comment on the post or something, Matt. I think something on Instagram. It was like mm-hmm. a post where it said Eddie Murphy was coming back. That's right. He's coming back to stand up. I know yeah, you was so, an Eddie Murphy so. fan. Big, 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 big Eddie Murphy fan. I was really into Eddie Murphy. I grew up with his movies, man. Whether it's The Nutty Professor, uh, Doc, Dr. Doolittle. As I got older, Coming to America is one of my favorite movies. Trading Places, 48 Hours. I see Norbit in the theater. Uh, I love Eddie Yo, Murphy Norbit a lot. Really funny. And uh, his stand-ups, Delirious and Raw, on the Mount Rushmore of greatest stand-up specials ever. And he's on the Mount Rushmore greatest stand-ups. How you feeling Facts. about Eddie Murphy coming back? Facts. Well, I like Eddie Murphy a lot. Um, you mentioned Norbit. Like, yo, Eddie Murphy's just mm-hmm. one of them guys. He's a goat. You're right. He's just one of them. He's just one of them pillars of you know of of stand-up comedy, like um. Norbit was hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. I know him more from movies, but I had, but my mom did show me Delirious and all that. Yeah, she showed me the stand-ups, but I know him from the movies. I know him from Norbit. All them joints, man. My bad. Have you seen Dolomite? Dolomite's my name. Uh, you said Dolomite? Uh, Nah. I saw Dolomite. Great. It's uh, it shows it shows his it shows his draw his drama skills too. Eddie Murphy can act act beyond making us laugh. He can bring out emotions for us. He's also good in Dream Girls. Got an Oscar nomination for that. Won he the Golden a, Globe. He had another movie. He had another movie where um he did a really good drama. I I can't pull the name off the top of my head, but he was like uh, a caretaker. He was like a caretaker in the movie. I feel like um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that slipped in my I mind too. Um, Come on, it's been in some really good movies, but real quick, I want remember the joke with the ice cream truck and the welfare. You're talking about the movie Mr. Church, yes, Mr. Church. That's the one, right? I don't remember that. I don't remember it. It's an independent film, I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm on the for it. It was, yo, it got really good ratings. I haven't got to see it, but like I looked at it, and from what I seen in the trailer, I was like, damn. That's a great Eddie Murphy movie right there. <laughs> and all it is is just him being straight in a straight dramatic role. Yeah. Denzel Washington. On, you know what I'm yeah. saying? What's yeah. the plot again? Mr. Church. The plot is the film centers around a cook who becomes a caretaker and a father figure to three generations of women over the years. Oh, we, yes. you live, you're reading that on IMDb, aren't you? Wikipedia. Same shit. <laughs> Word. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, big big fan of Eddie Murphy. Like, what what else is he is his impact to to the world? Like, like we mentioned, he's on the Mount Rushmore of comedians ever. Like, now here's the thing, not to interrupt you. I guess I'm trying. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, with my thoughts, but I just right off rip, I just thought about like, yo, 
he's one of them guys that really made jokes like about the hood like yeah like literally like yo the ice cream truck joke with the, with the kid that he's like aha you can't get no ice cream because you mama on welfare like yo man <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's, Classic, McDonald's yeah. cheeseburgers McDonald's hamburgers yo he yeah, worked at McDonald's he did yeah he yeah. worked at McDonald's before he hit it yo I, yo Maddie Murphy was really he he really made like like if he was from the hood, like you could you could understand that shit. You could understand. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now. When I was a kid, bro, I'll tell y'all a quick ice cream truck story, real quick. Um, <laughs> tell us, like very quick, actually. Like I got an ice cream truck story um, too. The, when I was growing up, I grew up on uh, Leonard Street. It's like down the street from like the Carvers, uh, pretty much what we call Uptown Norwalk, yeah. right? Um, back in the day, it was kind of wild. Um, the ice cream truck driver on my block didn't sell ice cream. <laughs> he sold drugs. Yeah, I swear to had- my mother. And he, had, and he had the thing, like the, you know, the da 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 Yo, but all Mr. that shit, bro. Had a Mr. Frosty's truck and everything. I'm telling you, bro, but he had, like, but dude was wearing a fitted. Dude was wearing a D-block. Yo, dude was a thug. <laughs> like, he was a thug in an ice cream truck. And we, me and my brother went up to the truck, right, one time. I, re- I clearly remember this shit. How old were you, you when know? this happened? Yo, I was young. I was, I had to be, like, seven or eight. I was okay. a kid. But I just remember it because I went to the ice cream truck and the nigga said he didn't have no ice cream. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yo, we went to him and he was like, he was like, yo, I'm sorry, but um, but uh, no, he didn't. Even this say isn't sorry. that kind like, of truck. Yo, <laughs> yo, he just said to say, yo, I ain't got no ice cream. Like, he <laughs> <laughs> said, I ain't got no. Yo, how the fuck the ice cream man ain't got no ice cream? That's how you know you in the hood, bro. That's why I remembered that shit. I never forgot that shit. I'm like, yo, how the fuck? I was a kid. I wanted to be like, yo, if it was nowadays, I'd be like, yo, you're kidding me, right? He has snowballs, all right. He has snowballs, all right. Yo, that shit was nuts, though, yo. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough front to have. You're just always creating attention for yourself with that. But I don't know. Teach his own. Eddie Murphy hits home though. Like it's things like that that I remember when you when you said Eddie Murphy. It's like things I don't even think about on a daily basis. But when you bring his name up, you know what I'm saying? You just get so many memories. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And one of the things about Eddie Murphy, man, he got famous. He joined Saturday Night Live. He saved that show. He was 18 years old, bro. 18 years old got casted. He while he's been on a lot of podcasts lately to promote coming to America. And I was listening to all of them I can. He was on Kevin Hart's podcast as Arsenio, must listen. Uh, Mark Marin, what the fuck with Mark Marin was really great. And he told this story on, yeah, like a junior, senior year. I told my parents I was going to class, but I would just go to open mics. And he just had that confidence to do it in Long Island and New York City. And, you know, look at him now, like a true legend. You know? Wow. He took a hell of a risk. At like 16, 17, too, like going in the and this is like the 70s when times were tough. Like, like they would beat him up just because like fresh Word. meat at back then, you know, no holds bars in a time like that. And racial tension. Right. right. And he just he just knew he had it. So I guess that shows us. We you just know have to know you have it. Don't you agree, bars, with that especially? Yes, I do actually. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, I didn't know. I, I like that's crazy because, like, I mean, because I like, yo, I don't know. I mean, I used to, I, I used to like, you know, disobey my parents too, but, but to go to parties and shit, you know, not to like, not to go, build <laughs> go a work, 
Yeah, yeah not to, to go to work. That's insane. I never knew I mean, that. Dolo, Dolo, I mean, that's pretty dope. Dolo knew what I used to do. Like, you know, I used to get out there. I used to try to get away. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's I think that, you know, like what he did was lit, you know? It, it shows character. It just shows, you know, the type of person he is. Yeah. It's that grind. And he also said we missed Eddie Murray for a good solid like 10 years. He took a break from acting because some of his movies didn't really get good, whether it's like Pluto Nash or, you know, words and stuff. Oh, what? What? I fucking love Pluto Nash. Are you fucking <laughs> yo, kidding me? The Adventures here's, here's, of Pluto Nash? That was a great fucking movie, yo. That was like, that's one of the movies that I reference when I talk about how life is now. Like, you see how, like, he was, like, talk, talking on video <laughs> chat and Pluto mm-hmm. Nash? That's, yeah, right. But that was like projected to be like some far future. We do that shit now. Look at this right now. Zooming. We're Pluto Nashing right now. Like, you I know told, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I totally I hear know. that. Like, we could definitely like all the same movies, but the critics didn't like it and the critics panned him. And he said, like, you know, the Razzies are, that's the worst uh, movie films. Yeah. Awards you could get, and they kept. Yeah, and he said, "Like, yo, they keep giving me Razzies, worst actor ever." He said, "Maybe it's time to take a break." And he came back pretty it's much with Dolmite coming to America, and now the big one coming back to stand up after over how, thirty years. How? How can they do that to him after Beverly Hills Cop? After after forty eight um, hours? Oh, what? Trading Stop. places after life. Trading places after after Both fucking um, coming to America. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, yeah, I'm a keep vampire in Brooklyn, right? Vampire Brooklyn, yeah, Harlem Nights, too. I'm a keep Harlem Nights. Stop playing with me. He said Harlem Nights. Yeah, with him and Richard Pryor. After fucking Doolittle. Yo, see, and some. they had Red Fox in oh. that one. You had three three generations of comedy right there. You had Red Fox, Richard Pryor, and Eddie Murphy. Nutty fucking professor. Yeah, and it's just see now. Now I'm on the same page. I'm not gonna lie. You guys know a lot more Eddie Murphy movies than I do. Oh, I, I remember. That's, that's my look at me. I know my movies. <laughs> no, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> Cecil knows a lot more Eddie Murphy movies than I know too. Like I, I remember Nutty Professor and Norbit was funny as shit. <laughs> yo, I swear to God, Norbit was mad. Yo, I, I actually have uh, Eddie Murphy right here. This is yo. from Eddie Murphy Raw. He's part of the yes, wall. It is. Oh, facts. That's yeah. the red jacket. Mm-hmm. He had the red drink. Yeah, that's a classic. I ran out of color. Pr- well, I didn't. Oh, have no, 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 no. Red, raw, raws where he had the raws where the he purple. had the purple shirt. Yeah, he had okay. the Prince type. I think he was trying to make fun of Prince or something, like he said. Yo, I didn't. I feel like he did. He used to crack jokes on Prince, right? He used to crack jokes on Michael Jackson all the time. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> for sure. I don't know so much about Prince. I think the first, I think Delirious had a Prince. Yeah. Prince got hoes, yo. Nah, yo, everything on that man was silk, yo. His hair was silk. His eyelashes was silk. His clothing was silk. Yo, this man. That's the nigga that you could, that's the nigga that gets the title beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) A beautiful Prince. (laughs) This is a fact. (laughs) Yo, yeah, yeah. Yo. Get out the car. Nah, but I think Bruno Mars, yo, Bruno Mars got him too, yo. Bruno Mars got him. Yo, yo. That's the next thing, right? Yo, you're gonna laugh when you see the podcast. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't. I don't mean to interrupt you, Dolo. But that's the next thing. Okay. Laugh, right? Yo. Because I was talking to my boy, and I, I brought up the fact that you called Bruno Mars beautiful, and I was like, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, that nigga be going out his way to be looking pretty and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bruno Mars could walk into any room and take your bit. Like, there's a certain yo, my nigga, in a room and take your bitch. Like, it's it's a rap. It's a rap. <laughs> 
Yo, can I, so so my question is, if a nigga call you pretty, how do you feel about it? Tell your friends about tell your friends. In, in what girls. context? In like, what context? Oh, pretty, look at this pretty ass nigga over here. <laughs> I'll be like, you know it. He's like, you know, know it. I'll knock that nigga out. It's crazy. <laughs> yo, that nigga not if he, if, so, <laughs> yo, if he went up to me, so different. Up. Yo, let me ask you, what celebrity yeah, it was like this pretty ass nigga right here, like but in the in it's like what if it was like, disrespectful type shit? Yo, what you and your girl go out. Yeah. What celebrity are you not? Are you afraid to like bring your girl around with? Like they have some oh. mag like anyone. Like oh ghost man. You wouldn't oh, want to you wanna want to bring your girl around ghost man? Oh damn. My boy Will, Will Smith oh. cannot come around my wife here. I can be around. Oh my with god. I can chill with Will Smith. My wife can't. <laughs> I'm dead serious. What's this nigga name? Michael B. Jordan, sir. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Oh, nah, that dude's yo. smooth as fuck. Hey, songs. Harvey now, too. Hey, songs. Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Yo. Now that's rich. Mark Wahlberg. Wait, who's in the whip? Hey, yo, who's in the whip? Who's in the Bro, whip? Bro, good vibration. Oh, he said who's in the whip? He said who's in the whip? Yo, shout out to mine. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, what's good? Hey, yo, what's that's... good, guys? Hey, what's up? What's up? That's... Yeah, facts. You got to get him in the view. You know what I'm saying? Quick shout out. But Mark Wahlberg. Yo, Mark Wahlberg. You know I mean, saying? in the cut, I see you. What's up, bro? I mean, the thing with Mark Wahlberg, that dude's like fifty. And yo, but he'll. I mean, he, he is he is pretty yoked still. But... Will Smith is fifty. And he'll take you, bitch. Like that's yeah, just, yeah but like Will Smith is more of a pretty boy than Mark Wahlberg. See, see, there goes that word again. Pretty. Like, how does it all be there? How does it all be now nah, listen, but if somebody were to come straight to me, just uh, just say, just uh, address that one more time. If someone were to come to me straight up and be like, "Yo, you're very pretty," I'd be like, "What? <laughs> like, get the fuck yes, away from me. yes, I get yes, the fuck away from me." But yes, like, there's all stipulations to be called pretty, and if you call me pretty, you're gonna get beat. That's what that's all it is. No oh, man, yo, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Yo, is there any other celebrities you wouldn't want to have your girl around? Like you can't bring your girl around uh John Legend. No. Oh, like LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Right there. Nah, How about LeBron? John Legend. John Legend. John Legend. Can't bring my bitch around Chris Brown and Drake. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Drake, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. But John Legend without a piano, I'm I I let I let my girl around John Legend. How about there cannot cannot be a piano. There cannot be a piano within (laughs) the two mile radius. Yo, what about LeBron? I trust it. Oh, LeBron. LeBron LeBron is faithful. Yo, LeBron is faithful. If he don't take his if he don't take his shirt off. If it's if it's not a competition of taking your shirt off, I don't think she's gonna leave me for LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what, I'm saying? <laughs> what about little Yachty? <laughs> <laughs> that is 
<laughs> if she yo. left me for little Yachty, she wasn't the right one, yo. <laughs> she was a groupie from the jump. Yo. Yo. That bunny, oh, that nigga can't be around my bench. And if my girl yo. is Spanish, if my girl is Spanish, Bad Bunny cannot be around her at all. He be like, Bad Bunny, hey. He be like, Bunny. He be like, Bunny. I saw it was his birthday yesterday. Like, yo, like, yo. Oh, he clipping them, yo. Yeah, bad bunny. DMA, mommy. DMA, mommy. Get the cake. Like, yo, don't stop. Yo, you know who you can't have your girl around? The weekend. Oh, I was thinking that, but I was yeah. like, I was like, he's a yeah. fucking weirdo, so yeah. I might have a chance. How about like he's trilogy weekend? Like when what he was hitting. Say? How about trilogy weekend when he's really hit it i know he's oh that's untouchable oh. no 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 absolutely not my girl this nigga just said oh absolutely not no. we're here we're here wait. weekend you talking about weird hair weekend? weird hair weekend yeah hell no tyrese gibson cannot come within 10 feet tyrese my gibson bitch, <laughs> i don't care how much no. that bitch has to you cry he cannot come around my girl that that, that oh, nigga will take an usher Oh, Usher, Usher. Oh. supposedly got some kind of baggage. So nah, girls Usher, I ain't tripping about Usher. But they I love him Usher. on the low. They love him on the low. Usher, what about Chris Brown? Can't beat Chris Brown 50 50 because he beat and bite. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, yo, anything around Chris Brown now. Yo, what about Lil Dicky? Hell no. Oh, no, nah, I not nah. low key. Lil Dicky got the mouth. <laughs> I'd be more, I'd be more nah. scared of Jack Harlow. <laughs> no, like, I'm gonna be real with you. Lil Dicky got a mouthpiece, yo. He could probably talk. <laughs> he'll talk his way. No, the only thing Lil Dicky got, the only thing, the only thing Lil Dicky got is a ball game, bro. No, he, he got handles. He, 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 he got handles. That nigga can shoot. That nigga can yeah. scrape. I gotta like, see yo, that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna what? I said I gotta see. I didn't know he can ball. Tell that titty flexing nigga to sit his ass down. He faithful too. He ain't gonna do oh, that. Terry Crews. Who, who is that? Back here said Eminem too. Fuck Eminem. <laughs> Eminem. Anybody? 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 girl bouncing for Eminem? What happened? Here? That's what I'm Yo, saying. What a package Yo. of Eminems? Nah, what the, the founder of Eminems? <laughs> the the CEO of the Eminem Foundation? Like, but Marshall about, like, Mathers. Marshall Mathers, you're fine. Oh, we're good because he can sit his ass down in ten mile where wherever he's from. Like, I don't know that. Yo, let's talk about Eminem real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let's talk about Eminem. I'm done talking about Eminem, guys. Has Eminem dropped off? Yes, yes. Um, When was the last good Eminem album? Recovery. No, Recovery was decent. Marshall Mathers LP two, which I thought was really good. One. LP one was the best to me. Ooh. Yeah, but he's so wait. He dropped off since LP one. No, no, <laughs> he dropped off since. I say Marshmallow's LP two, which was the album, relapse. and it was a relapse. You thought he was done? I thought he was done at relapse, and recovery was supposed to be his makeup for relapse. Hey, that was a big album. They had a literal number one hit, "Love the Way you Lie with Rihanna," but yeah. I can see where you say that too. Listen, listen, listen. Eminem, nobody fucked with Eminem's album. The new one that came out, we said this already. Nobody Mm -hmm. fucked with it. All of a sudden, it's number one. How does that happen? Just that legendary status. It's just his... I know know quality-wise it wasn't there, but because he has such an impact, it just wrote him out, even if it's for a week. But, you know? Flush him down the party. Yo. Do you think Eminem could still (laughs) battle rap? Yes. Hell yeah. Like, do and you he, think he'd probably eat anyone? He'll probably eat anyone. Do you remember that Donald Trump freestyle he did a cappella 
I think it was like the VMAs or something, like five straight minutes. He saw it. Dolo saw it. Dolo saw it. That freestyle. Dolo saw it at first and was like, here he goes on some weird shit. (laughs) 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 He's right though. I did say that shit. But what is like he was just on some I was just like, okay. Here we go. Again. Here we go with the like, because you know he the buildup was the buildup. You know what I'm saying? But he snapped. Yo, you can't at, take his talent away from him. As yeah. a whole, is Eminem top ten rappers of all time throughout his whole career? Yeah, that's fair. Even though I don't personally listen to his music, I can't say he's not a top ten rapper. He went nuts. He went crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, like you said, Marshall Mathers LP1, <clears throat> legendary. Eminem show, legendary. He got dudes like Royce the 5'9 vouching for him. You know yep. what I'm saying? No, Royce the 5. Well, he, remember. As far as lyrics, remember, rap, you know what I'm saying? Remember, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, though. Remember, him and Royce the 5'9 were bad, were bad meets evil, bad meets evil and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they fell out, and then they came back and dropped a crazy album. I, an album which I bump to this day because I, I feel like that shit is fire. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then they eventually went to go perform uh, Slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Royce, is, Royce is the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, that's, yo, they got it. Like, yo, the certain people, you just got to give it to them. Like, they got it, you know? Like, you could say whatever you want about Drake. I know the old heads try to compare Drake to Biggie and Pac and all them. Say what you want, yo. Drake is up there. Like, he's... He's up. Oh, there. He's he up owned there. the 2010. I've been on that. I've been on that wagon. I've been on that wagon. Yo, when was the first? I remember the first time I ever heard Drake was best I ever had when they had the Me iTunes. Too. This was pre. Yes. This was like pre Spotify days. I would get music. I would check out the most popular music from iTunes top 100. Yeah. And I saw this one number days. two, and it said. um, this guy Drake, best I ever had. I was like, oh my god, this guy goes in. And who would have thought? Oh, no, that yeah. must have been twelve years ago. And now he's still, he's still the most popular artist, hands down. You know, like who got more number ones than him? Who got more platinum albums than him? I think it just goes like Michael Jackson, the Beatles, and then him. Yo, they said the new album is is good. I haven't listened. Did you like Scary Hours? Certified Level Boy. Scary! It was Scary Hours too. Wait, which one? Came what out? I thought, I thought the, the mixtape. He had three out. songs. Mm-hmm. Scary CLB, Hours two. CLB didn't drop. No. Man. Okay. Okay. What was it? His, it was I the mixtape. See. Nah, he's like shout Scary out, Hours two did come out. Um, I didn't listen. Shout to out to um, shout out to the Log Twins on YouTube. Um, I watched them for music reactions. Um, and then mm-hmm. they do music reactions and stuff like that. Um, they did uh, Scary Hours 2. Yeah, I didn't watch it because I was like, Scary Hours 2. So I was saving that shit or whatever. But when, when hot shit come out, when new songs come out, they, be, they basically like, you know, check it out, react to it, mm-hmm. through, like, you know, during their videos and shit. So I saw Scary Hours 2 through, through a notification in their videos. Right. But I didn't know that it was a thing. And you said there's only three songs on it? Yeah, it was just a mixtape. You know, he was just releasing a single and had like the beat. Yeah, I think it's technically a single, but with two extra songs. So it wasn't an official album drop, but it's just showing new music, you know? If that's the case, I've been doing this. He wrong. had a freestyle with Rick Ross that I heard is 
They've been saying, yo, I don't know if y'all guys have been seeing been on seeing on Instagram and Twitter. They're like, yo, best duos is like they're putting Drake and Ross is like one of them iconic duos. Like it's official already up there. When it comes yo, to social, not even already. social media already put the stamp on it. Yo, said, I might have missed there. that. I might have missed I did not hear a Drake and Fred Ross free uh collaboration. How long ago was this? Free spirit. Um like I've heard oh, them do songs yeah. together, Ashton Martin music, um, yeah. Dice Pineapples, but I didn't know they actually released um, an album. Oh no, they don't have an album. Oh, Gold Roses, Gold Roses. When they do, when they hop on the same track together. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashton, Ashton Martin music is great. We got Dice Pineapples with Wale as well. Um, um, Free Spirit. There's another one too. There's another one too. Oh, uh, Stay Scheming. I know it's all to take care of the. No, no, we're talking about Drake and Ross. Uh, Lord knows. Uh, I'm on one. I'm on one. Lord knows. Lord knows. Lord knows. Yes. Oh my God. Yo, he said, Lordy, Lord knows, man. Lord knows. I got my weight up. Yo, oh, he Yo, said. But that's stay said, scheming. Stay scheming. Up. Oh my God, bro. He said a lot of niggas came up off a style that I done made up. So if all I hear is weed, then who should I be afraid of? Mm. Like, who are you talking about? Ah. Yo, he man. said very, very scary. Like shit you see in a movie. Dude. He said, he said all, he said all, he said all drinks in his, mm-hmm. he said all drinks on me and his, he said all drinks on his house and his bitch. Oh my Yo, God. Yo, Snoopy line. He said a Snoopy oh, line. What's the best Drake line of all time? Um, it's not about who did it first. It's about who did it right. Um, the best Drake line of all time. I, I have several. Damn, fuck. Right foot up, left foot slide. <laughs> left foot up, right foot slide. This <laughs> is what a green on a drive. You <laughs> think he be with me? Um, my uh, favorite, my oh son of a bitch. Um, but how about now? Cause I'm up right now. And you stop like that. Ah, we. You think um, it all looks? <laughs> he, he, he said. He said. Um. <sighs> he said. Oh, um, damn, Sanders Rose. It was a bar from Sanders Rose. He said. Uh, he said. Uh, what he say? He said. Early bird. What he say? Oh Guess the word. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yo, there's several Drake bars. I, I don't know even know why. Yo, I'm so excited that I can't even, like, get one off right now. Like, this is, like, the ultimate question for me. Like, I feel like I'm the pan-ultimate fan. Like bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Oh, <laughs> oh yo, okay. I, I 30 know. for 30. 30. 30 for 30. And your actions are very concerning. It's like you went away with no plan of returning. Mm. Um, this, uh... What he said, we should hang. He said, this shit, what he said, he said, we need a 30 for 30. Oh my God, yo. But it was a diss, it was a low key diss to me. <laughs> it was on, it was a low key diss to me because he was asking where you've been at. Like, he was yeah. Still, yeah. And he asked us very concerning. It's like you went away with no plan of returning. This shit's um, scary. We need a 30 for 30. Man isn't here in case we gotta hang up your jersey. Some shit like yo, like that shit sound like, crazy. Nigga, thirty for thirty is just a thirty for thirty is just one of the. It's it's on um it's on what a time to be alive. 
30 for 30 is just like one of those hard freestyles from Drake. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the beat is low. The beat is low, and he can just ride it the whole time, and he can just <laughs> he can just talk to you nah, and spit those bars, like real shit. Like, <clears throat> like I'm not, I can't really give a line from like rappers like that. I, I can't, I can't give you a, a certain line. I'd had right. to, we'd be here for days, but I could give you if you can go hit for hit. That's why I like the versus battle concept, which um yeah, which I heard was actually um. I heard they sold it. I forgot who owned it in the beginning. Already? Yeah, it was sold. It was sold for a lot they of money. Only did, they only <laughs> did a few of those with like, first of all, if anyone doesn't know, Versus is like, Dola, can you explain what Versus is? Versus is pretty much like, uh, they do it as a live stream show, a live stream show where they pretty much like put like a, uh, two separate artists that were once like kind of going head to head. Yeah. Like they're either going head to head and on the charts or in real life or on the streets or R and B rap, whatever. Like, you know, they you just also saw certain... Jada Smith and Will Smith on it too. Oh, oh shit, sorry. I guess Jada so. Smith. I'm about to say Jada Lee oh, Smith. Jada Lee Smith. Yeah. 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 That's a fact. Like, um, we Gucci Jeezy did one. Um, they're talking about doing uh E40 versus Too Short real soon. Uh, maybe they already did it. I might be bugging. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where you know they just put artists, you know, they pit artists together and they go hit for hit. They right. just they just go discography for discography, and it's really dope. Um, Drake can beat pretty much ninety five percent of the rap game in, at this in point. Discography. Yeah, but, like- but I'm sorry, very big but. That's word before of anybody before anybody says. Anything. The only person that could go up against Drake in a versus at this very moment in time, in my humble opinion, Tory Lanez. <laughs> Tory. Yo, did Tory Lanez shoot Megan the Stallion? Fuck no. <laughs> Tory. Yo, Tory Lanez, didn't they have beef at one point? The two Canadian rappers? Yeah, they was beefing at one point. Yeah. Yo, I'm not Yo, gonna talk Tory about that dick got right ass nigga Tory Lanez. <laughs> Yo, Tory Lanez is a dick writer. We're gonna talk about their beef. Tory's a dick writer. So like, Tory Lanez yeah, is a go. Who Tory is Lanez Drake's is ultimate enemy? Who's his Batman to Push Joker? Oh, yeah. Pusher T. Pusher T outed his uh his oh, yeah, son. Pusher T. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was a crazy day. Yeah, now nah, push it to you. That's his mortal enemy. I'd yeah, so. like I feel like he's his LeBron to KD, <clears throat> Magic to Larry Bird, Mike Tyson to Larry Holmes, or you know, Ali Frazier. You would say oh. Drake's ultimate. Hold on, rival. listen. We're gonna compare we're gonna compare to fighters now. Yo, listen, I don't know if y'all saw the video where Tory Lanez uh told Travis Scott he want the fair he want the fade. He was like, yo, I guess they were arguing. They were arguing about a feature, and Tory Lanez is straight up. Somebody was, like, recording from, like, you know, the cut or whatever. Yeah. And um, and Tory Lanez was yelling at Travis Scott. He's like, yo, listen, if you really want to do it, we can tell everybody get off the bus and we can run the fade right now. We can run the 30 right oh, now. what up? Like, yo, <laughs> Travis, Scott, you know Travis Scott wanted no smoke. Travis Scott wanted no smoke. Hey, yo, really? You know what's crazy? He's like, bro, you don't want to Do you think he'd be bro. a fighter like that, Travis yo. Scott? Oh hell nah. no! Travis got crazy. He's a rager. You know who? The, you know who made him the fade? Uzi. <laughs> really? Yo, I didn't. Uzi I wanted hands. to see Uzi as a Uzi fighter. Who made him the fade? I th- 
Yeah, Uzi. Yeah, Uzi. Yeah, Uzi can fight. Lil Uzi, he he has videos of him uh boxing people up. Oh, word. And he's only like five nine too, right? Or like five four. It's like five five maybe five four. Five five brown eyes. What's the greatest rap beef of all? What's the greatest rap beef of all time next to East Coast versus West Coast? Because that's the general. Is it Nas versus Jay Z? Is it the late Tupac versus Biggie? Is it Fifty Cent versus um? You know, he had a lot of beefs. Uh, Yo, it's Soldier Boy versus Rico Reckless. Let me say that. Nobody know who that other rapper is, but nah, Soldier Boy's been in some entertaining beefs, but uh, nah, that's not nah. I'm just Meek Mill and Drake is another one too. That was one of the wow. People got the most during lopsided. That, that was one of the most well, lopsided got, battles. Yeah, people got hurt during that beef, but it was weird. Mm-hmm. In what way? That people got hurt during Drake. Beef. I didn't hear about nobody getting hurt during the Meek and Drake beef. Yo, Fifty Cent in the game—that's yeah, sure. that's the that's the one I was that, thinking. Of. That's I was probably, gonna say that that's one. the craziest. Beef. I was gonna say that one, but people I didn't for sure die. I didn't die. know how to, know how to feel sure. about it. No, people for a fact died. Like everybody knows, like uh, the nah, game. I didn't say nobody died. 30. I said people got hurt. No, niggas died with the Fifty Cent and game beef. Uh, the security, uh, um, there's actually the game, uh, the game and his peoples were outside of, of the building, I guess, Interscope or some shit. And like, um, or maybe it was a breakfast club, a radio station. And, uh, they, they did a drive by on the game and his peoples and um, wow. See, this is why people, when they talk about rappers having security or they, they're, they're pussy. That's not true. Like, yo, the game, when he was beefing with 50, his security got, got killed. The game security got shot. Yo, like it doesn't. Yo, like you need something. Yo, like yo, it's not a game. Like yo, you better get some security if you're if you really if you're really playing those kind of games. Like especially now with social media, you really can figure out where people are nowadays. You know, even more so. Yes, even more so. So you know, this whole stigma of having security is like, oh, you're weak, you're soft. Nah, these guys are worth millions, yo. You you, you right. better have some for right. real. I don't believe I don't believe a nigga soft, bro. I believe a nigga soft when like security aside, like you know, it's just us, like mm-hmm. yeah. Ninety percent uh, of rappers, mm-hmm. yo, you right, Cecil, you right, because ninety percent of rappers are not. You lock the door in the bathroom, like you, they're not getting busy. You know, what's up? G? A lot like, of them are yeah, on Percocets. They all shake down, my nigga. Shake you know down, my nigga. Look, without your homies ain't around, shake down, my nigga. What's up? They on like, them opiates, like you know, these kids be yo. They, you they gassed up, G. This is not what you want. This like, you know, like yeah. But that's next we're off. Do you think that we'll ever get it? I know I mentioned it before. I don't think because there's doesn't seem to be that type of commodity. But like you know, late nineties. East Coast versus West Coast. You had Death Row Records versus um, what's the East Coast one? The uh, uh, uh murder. Uh, was it? Was it? Um, uh, was what is Bad Boys? Yeah, Bad Boys versus um, you know, Bad Boys versus Death Row Records. You know, they're not. Both of them aren't around anymore. Do you think they'll ever get to that again in any way? And then we also had the South. You know. During the Source Awards, you have Andre 3000 say after winning album of the year, the South's got something to say. You think we'll ever get into a place in hip hop like that again? 
or not? Nah, every it's more well, everyone for themselves. Here's the thing. No, like, answer your question. No. Here's the thing. It kind of it kind of like I don't know if y'all know how Pop Smoke got killed. I don't know if y'all know like the the gang culture is like in New York and and in East Coast and West Coast like mm-hmm. like in in a way in a way it's weird they they do still kind of beef but like not really? in like a music sense cuz it's like I think like from what I understand oh I do understand a lot of what what goes on on the East Coast there's a lot of blood sets a lot of crip sets you know and they all came from the West Coast they all originated from California yeah. um and you know, they did Pop Smoke got killed by some Crips out in a in a in Cali. Yeah. That I don't think they respect I don't think from what I understand, I don't think the West Coast respects like the gang culture on the East Coast. And the East Coast doesn't like they kind of don't re- it's kind of vice versa. It it, it, it it there still is kind of a beef there, but it's more of in a street thing. You don't really see it in the music, but I think yeah. there's still tension. There's still tension. But do you think the like, tension could ever get popular, east? Well, that's kind of good then if it's not a not thrown in the mainstream. You don't want to see people get yeah. hurt again. That's all. So I was it's more say. of just like, you know, people <clears throat> dealing with it with themselves. They're not they're not taking it to Twitter and so in social media. Like, no one's getting called out at award shows like they used to. It's just more, you know, what people are going through. Certain it's situations. more like home invasions. Like when the East Coast rapper comes rents a crib or does a what do you call that? The um when you rent a crib Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb. Airbnb. When you get an Airbnb, they running them. Yo, they yeah. running into Airbnbs over in the West Coast. Like you know, um, it's. But I think it's more like I don't know. Like uh, I ain't never dropping my Addy, nah. bro. I don't care, bro. I ain't never that. Like you know, what I'm saying? I don't get. I don't give a fuck if I'm Samson, bro. No, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, you don't gotta. Yeah, like um, but yeah, it's not gonna be like yeah. You won't see no shootings at like no Billboard Awards. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and well, I don't still kind of that's there. not what we want to see. We're and not saying that that's what we see. No, it's a fact. And to answer your question, Matt, um, I don't see it ever ending. No. And I that might be a little bit pessimistic or whatever. But yeah. the streets that's is a fact. Yeah, it is what it is. Much, there's too much that's ha- like you know what I mean? And then it's just no. It's just the the simple answer is no. I don't see it ever ending. But um yeah, that's that's too bad, man. Uh, but hey, it is. It's because uh, we lost people. Yeah. No, listen, man. Is there, like Mo Three was really good. I think Mo Three was really RP Mo Three. Yeah, you don't want to see anyone yeah. lose their potential to entertain oh, I just and broke stuff. My fucking chair. <laughs> is everything all right? Yeah, I'm good. I just kind of broke my chair. I got some crazy glue. I'll fix that. Well, God, you're oh, sitting in. And well, you know, guys. At the end of the day, just uh. Just treat people with respect and do your best not to make enemies in this world. So exactly. Let's switch it up. Yo, where these questions at, man? Shoot off, man. I got you. What's the funniest shit you've guys either seen or done at a restaurant? Either a fast food restaurant, a fancy restaurant, casual dining. Oh, <laughs> like, like when I was at, I used, to, I'm that kind of guy who may fuck around with a, who may have once or twice or. 65 times fucked around at a drive-thru. Like, I went to Wendy's once trying to make a viral video. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Continue. So I got my phone out and I said, (laughs) making sure they can hear me. And I wanted a four for four, right? And I said, you don't know what's in store, but I want 
a four for four. And she said, what? She couldn't hear me. I'm yeah. like, I don't repeating that. So oh, I was on that. You know, there was one time I left. I went home from a concert with my brother. Yo, we, were, wild, we, were, we were we were we were lit. Right. But driving responsibly, we had responsible driver. Go to the drive through. Is this like one thirty in the morning? And I understand we were being dicks doing this, but like one thirty in the morning, McDonald's after a we went to a chance concert. It was a lot of fun. And oh, we nice. and we <laughs> at McDonald's. Right. But the McDonald's by Briggs, I should say. The McDonald's by Briggs, right? So we uh, go there at 1.30 and we say, and my brother's trying to be funny, and he says, uh, yo, I want a Whopper. And you can hear the guy rolling his eyes at 1.30 in the morning. He probably gets this on the reg. And he says, um, yo, man, either or something real or get the fuck off my drive-thru. That's what oh, he said shit. to us. And then, he was like, and then we were like, no, fuck you. We're going to Burger King. And we drove off. But the joke's <laughs> on us because Burger King was closed. So we had to go to the other side oh. of town just to get a, um, you know, a Big Mac. <laughs> it tasted so good, man. That's, I'm weak. That's the uh, fun stuff I did. And I apologize to that drive through worker. <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin your day, but we just trying to be funny. I hope everybody's having a blast hearing my conversation with Dolorent and Bars, host of the Word for Word podcast. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the Productive Conversations podcast on Productive Conversations Podcast.com. You can check out all exclusive content, which includes every single episode of the show. We have our merchandise store, thanks to our friends at Zazzle, and you can get awesome merchandise at affordable prices. You can also check out all the videos to all our podcasts. You can check out the blogs I've written, my resume, everything Productive Conversations. You can check out on the Productive Conversations podcast website. Just type in ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com and check out all the great things we have to offer or check out the link in the episode description below. Don't forget to check us out on the world of social media as well. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're on Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. All right, back to Dolo and Bars. I mean, look at my wall. I love movies. <laughs> I got oh, you didn't Netflix and shit. No, I see Adrian back there. And chilled a few times. Yeah. Oh, you know it. You know it. I got some movies. Bro, I am a movie aficionado. Get a little bit more chill. Oh, bars. We're going to. I am a movie. We're going to geek out. I see the Anchorman back there. That's right. I see the Anchorman back there. Stop it. Um, I see I see Django back there. Yo. Stop it. Yo, you can't sit on Matt's couch, yo. Who else you see? I can't really. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get. Uh, Yo, y'all heard me. We also just have great. We have shows over there too. Legendary actors. Might be hard to see. I but. really can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, it is kind of. It is. It is a little. I'm not gonna find it. It's a little hard to see. But I'm. I'm pulling. You know, I can see from what I can see. And I see Django. I know Django all day. Django. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got a catalog I in that room. Exactly. I, I know all, all walls. But bro, that's how I know you began busy, man. I I don't know if I can sit on your couch if I go to your crib, man. <laughs> I don't think I can sit on that couch, man. Yeah. 
it, it, oh, that's, a, that's a crime. That's a, there's a few crime scenes. I'd be honored. There. I'd be honored to sit on the couch. Yo, Yo man, embrace, embrace the time. He said he what, gonna what sleep on it face down. Yeah. <laughs> I said, sleep, I said, sit on the couch. I said, I said, I'm honored to sit on the couch. Yo, man, man I, I would have. I'd be honored Yo. for you to be on it too, bars, and you too, Dolo, and your buddies back there as well, man. We we're sharing, put, we're sharing the love. I'll pull a lawn chair up, man. I I'm not worthy. Most important is the movie part. The mo- I mean, of course, no. The most important part is the time with your girl. But if you could get a good movie in, everybody's happy. Am I right? Name a good movie. That's a fact. Just name a good movie. <laughs> name a good movie. That's, uh, the Big Lebowski's a good movie. Name a good 2010s movie. Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. What's that about? It's about a drummer, obsessed drummer, trying to be trying to get through. Uh, through music school, uh, I'll give another uh, another great 2010s movie. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay, uh, that's that's uh, uh, that's the 2020s. But I'll give you that. Hey, it came out in 2019. Bars. It came out 2019. Oh, yeah, you got me, you got me. <laughs> oh, God. But another 2010s movie. Um. <laughs> I'm just putting that down in our notes. Name a good movie segment. Uh, another good 2010s movie. I would have to say I would let's go with zombie Moonlight. Logan. Logan's good. A zombie movie. Uh, there's zombie oh, land. He said there's- Moonlight. He said Moonlight. That's pretty. That's interesting. That's interesting, actually. That's quite interesting. Uh, n- another 2010s. Good oh, 20- the other guys. Okay, okay, okay. Drive. Okay, okay, drive. Drive was a fucking faster. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Faster with the rock. Faster. I haven't seen that one yet. What? Check it out. I got you, man. Wait, wait, wait. Is that is that 09 or is that 25? Nah, I gotta check that out again. Faster might be 09. Name a bad movie. Right here, right here. What happened? Name a bad movie. Name a bad movie. Um, Bug. Bug. Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, the Avatar movie, the one, the Airbender one. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Anime made. movies are the worst. Except um, Spirited Away. That movie goes in. Oh no, that anime. Adaptations. They got good movies, but anime adaptions, yeah. like when they tried mm, to do yeah. real life adaptions, um, the Dragon Ball Z Death movie. Note, Death Note, oh my god, the Death Note adaptation, yeah. garbage. Yo, you know what the funniest box. thing I ever heard? Really? In the trash and just throw the whole trash away. Just, Yo. just say fuck the Yo. Don't yeah, wait for trash. They just throw the shit away and incinerate it. Like, mm. yeah. is Mortal Kombat movie gonna be good? Fuck oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yo, I believe that. I don't want to fall into it. I don't want to fall into it because there are so many movies that have been gassed to be good and been asked. Who and saw they become ass. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Coming back to America. After, yeah, after hey, coming to America one, wasn't that bad. Was I liked it. The second one? Oh, doesn't Rick Ross? Yeah, I heard Rick, Ross, is Rick Ross is in it. Coming to America has one of the coming to America. I think it's nah, not as you know good. What it is? Yo, that Rick you know Ross scene had me you know fucking dead. You were expecting coming to America too. 
you weren't expecting uh, coming to America taking place in a new age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where, it, like, where it wasn't. You, I'm sorry, you're saying? No, 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 rock out, rock out. So I was about to do a spoiler alert and I, I had to stop. Go. All right. By the way, spoiler alerts for coming to America. I think the cast was good. There were plenty of laughs, but you're right. It's hard to go up against a classic. It is. Easter eggs galore. And shout out to Jermaine Fowler, because who played Lavelle Johnson, uh, Akeem son, Eddie Murphy's kid in the movie, because he is going to be one of the biggest actors around. Yo, why are we talking about one of the biggest actors around? Let's talk about my boy, Denzel Washington Jr. Yeah, John David Washington. Yes. Let's talk about my boy, Teddy Dub. I mean, let's. Where, where do we go from Tenet to Black Klansman, Malcolm and Marie? Yo, even, yo but, but even before that, he was on Ballers. I think he was great. I've yo, only seen the first episode of Ballers. Great. What? Yo, it's, <laughs> I, I was I was gonna tell you I seen um. I knew these two dudes that like used to sell drugs or whatever. So they had a lot of money. They would do they would do stupid bets. And um they bet one one person bet that Will Smith had more money than Denzel. And the other person bet that Denzel had more money than Will. And then Denzel we who won? Um the Will Smith has way more money than Denzel. Because <laughs> Will Smith has music royalties too. I thought I was about nah, to say. But, but I saw, but my man's was a big Denzel fan. He's like, nah, Denzel got more money. Denzel got more money. Yo, Yo my boy Denzel lost, has the juice. He lost four hundred dollars just making that bet. Like, oh, he, shit. he was Yo, he like loved Denzel place. that much. He put four hundred dollars on Denzel, and you know, like the stupidest bet ever. Like the way you built that up played the shit out of me, yo. Yo, the way you built that up, I thought you were gonna say Denzel got more money, bro. I swear to God. Yo, that man lost four hundred dollars betting on Denzel, but Denzel, yo, I would have never put. No. What's the best Denzel movie? Denzel has a spot on this wall. He's right here. Yeah, he's right man there. On man on fire. Out of time is pretty good too. Oh. What about training day? day? I was gonna say training day. Training day is everybody says training day. What was this one? That's How about only, glory? I don't the first equalizer. The first equalizer. How about flight? Flight was great. Flight was great. Flight was great. Remember the Titans. He was in Remember the Titans? Yeah, Yo, he was, he's he's Coach Sherman Boone. <laughs> Yo, last time I seen when did Remember the Titans come out? That's the last 2000. time I seen American That is the Gangster. last time I seen that movie. American, American Gangster is great. That's great. That might be it. That's the answer. American Gangster. Oh, that's my answer. Wait, he, yo, he killed yo, Idris Elba yo, right there. My heart, that's my answer. My man, bro. Like, he, and I always hit him with the Denzel face. My man. Name, yo, my Frank. Yo, my yo. uncle claimed he gave he Denzel that. Hell of a character. I don't believe him, though. When back, back at Mount Vernon at the Boys and Girls Club in America, which maybe I don't think true. I mean, maybe he did, but I doubt it. You think? I don't know. If you gave, I feel like I would keep him around in my life okay. if I gave him his signature line, you know? Maybe, maybe did it like. No, I feel you. Yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Shit, I would run. Hey, hey, fuck it. If I'm him, I'm running with it. It happened. (laughs) But I mean, Denzel's a Mount Rushmore greatest actor. (laughs) Excuse me, never lived. 
and uh there, huh? no 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 i just went down the wrong pipe with that and uh thank god and i'll be safe absolutely always safe safety first no matter what but yeah denzel denzel got the juice and his and his son his son it's just inherited to him you know yo i haven't seen his son I, yo he probably looked just like denzel huh not really yo no 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 not at all but when huh? they said when he, was, when he asked something um, especially malcolm and maria they said hi- highlights of denzel comes out in him that's his offspring man you know it's natural, you'd think. That intense, like, the way he just sits and pauses between, like, his, his like, words and shit. Like, yo. Using the eyes, Denzel acting with your eyes. Yo. I, I can't love, call I it. love Denzel. It's all about the eye work. Use those uh, eyes. What's the one? What's the one? What's the one where he was, um, what's the one where he was a, a, a military nigga and, um, he was trying to figure out who killed the shorty? Mm, I don't know. Uh... And not trying to figure out what and, and not glory. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Cecil. I forgot the name of the movie though, but I don't know. I just I was in. I forget where I was the other day, like a barbershop or like, like I don't know. Like I forget where I was at, but I saw they're, they're playing. No, no, you know what? I was at my mom's house and it was playing. Courage was under fire. Courage under fire. Courage under fire. That's crazy. Yo, what about Seven? Wasn't Denzel in Seven or am I tripping? That's Morgan Freeman. I'm tripping. Morgan Freeman. Never mind. Never mind. I like Seven. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know too many Denzel movies. I'm not American oh, my bad. Gangster. It, has be, it um, probably has to be American Gangster. It's also going to um, Philadelphia if you ever seen that. Eli was pretty high, yo. My favorite Denzel is probably... Uh, I know, like it is a, it is often com, it is a, ah, it's often picked, but I do think Trading Day, just going out of nowhere, oh. Trading is, uh, Day, you know, my per- personal favorite. His performance won the you know Oscar what? for that. Crazy. You know what my, you know what my favorite Denzel movie is? I'm sorry, I can't believe I didn't say that. Oh, wait, the one with Mark Wahlberg. Which what's it called? I know what you're talking about. Oh, he's great in the Hurricane too. By the way, two uh, guns. <laughs> Two guns. I also like. I mean, we haven't. We guys, we forgot his most iconic role. He's Malcolm X in Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, that's a fact. That's, no, all right. <laughs> that's a fact, yo. That's a fact. I'm not gonna lie. Like you, you two are more of film connoisseurs than me. Because like, we got you, Dolo. I swear to God, you guys make me feel lo- like when you guys start shooting off names of movies, I'd be so lost. Don't worry, we got you. I'd be like, I, I know Nutty Professor. I knew Nutty Professor for Eddie Murphy type shit, but <laughs> all the mother joints, I'm like, yo, I don't, I didn't watch him. How shit. come Eddie and Denzel's never done a movie together? I don't know. Oh, they haven't, huh? No, that should. We know we've seen Eddie and Dave Chappelle. But they were Nutty Professor together. Yes, yes, he was. He said, he said, he said, he said, not Regis. Gonna talk about your mama a little bit. <laughs> he said, Your mama's so fat, bitch went to scissors and got a group discount. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, who's an actor who sucks? Like, you can't stand seeing them. Oh, on shit. Um, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris? I'm weak. <laughs> Why yeah. Hannibal? Yeah, you ever seen Baywatch? I haven't seen Baywatch. Baywatch. I, I heard it's ass though. <laughs> or Baywatch. Yeah, I never. Animals ass in Baywatch. With with Baywatch, the Rock yo, and Zac Efron. 
Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> hey, I'm just going off the critics. The critics might have not liked it, but you know how critics yo, are. Yo, critics can be a dick, yo. Big fat <laughs> salty. Semen and all that extra shit on it. Yo. Alright, so stripper juice. Nigga nasty. Leftover well, cum, all that shit. Yo. I I mean shit. I guess um actors that I don't like, yo. Uh I, well, one actor I don't like is Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon? Only, only yo, but only because... Well, I'll say this yo, real, that's hilarious. Real quick, though. Real quick, though. Master P is a terrible fucking actor. But, when was uh, the last time we've seen him? Yo, I haven't seen him since the Little Romeo show. Shitty. Yo, Master P is a terrible shitty, actor. <laughs> but, but Kevin Bacon, shitty. I don't like him Because he, he... I think it's a nostalgia thing. Like, you guys remember the Invisible Man movie? With uh, Lizzie Moss, yeah, that came yeah. out earlier last year. Last year, no, I'm talking about it came out like this is VHS. This shit came out for VHS. Oh, is there oh, another um, one? Hollow Man, Hollow Man, Hollow Man, Hollow Man. Oh, Hollow Man. About to say, yo, Kevin Hollow Bacon, he was Hollow Man. I remember this being. A You're talking kid. about wait? Are you talking about Kevin Bacon, the same nigga from Tremors? You talking about the dude from Footloose? Footloose. I, I don't know. Footloose. <laughs> I ain't is, it, is it still the? Is this still the world's greatest movie? Yo, he said it never was. <laughs> was it? Hey, yo, if it's the world's greatest movie, Kevin Bacon was not in it. I'm sorry, bro. Yo, uh, but it, yeah, Kevin Bacon's in a lot of shit, man. Yo, um, but when that, he was Hollow Man, bro, he was like the ultimate villain. I just like didn't <laughs> like him, yo. I'm, I'm, I'm just watching him as a kid, like yo, fucking hate him, dude, yo. Like I don't know, I just never liked I Kevin Bacon. Hate this guy, <laughs> yo, he was, he was doing wild shit. He would like, he was lifting up the girl's shirt when he was invisible. Like nigga, nigga poked the nigga in the neck. He was invisible. Like yo, I don't know. Kevin Bacon is yeah. I don't like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what would you have to say, Bars? Who's an actor you don't fuck with? Actor I do not fuck with. Can't stand seeing him. Besides Hannibal. Okay. Okay. All right. This is very controversial. <laughs> Hannibal's not even that bad, but I feel this you know very controversial. Not that good. Hannibal's always just playing Hannibal. Yeah. Uh Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson? Is it Mel Gibson? The dude from um like Passion of the Christ and Lethal Weapon. Nah, you're not tripping, bro. Yeah, Mel Gibson is kind of Yeah, big. nah, he sucks He's as mid. a person. Yeah, Mel Gibson. He's braveheart though. Garbage. Garbage. I fuck. Garbage. Why don't you? Fuck, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you fuck with Mel Garbage. Gibson? Garbage. Garbage. Um, he's overrated. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Completely overrated. My actor, I don't like, and it's because she's a joke stealer. Is Amy Schumer? Oh, I don't word. think she's funny. Tiffany Haddish. Throw See, Tiffany Haddish in my. You don't like too. Tiffany Haddish? I love the her vibe. Nah, she, yeah. she extra. I don't like extra bitches. I thought she was a comedian. She's dating Common she's now. She's a comedian, but she's got like two movies. Or she's in like two or three movies. Oh, Flavors is Yo, guys, you know you know what I've been binging lately? Uh, I've been binging Keen. I think I've told you about um I, I didn't tell Bars this, but Kel. I told uh uh I told Dolo. Yeah, Keenan and Kel, man. <laughs> 
dude. <laughs> man, Keenan, he's, the, he's the longest running member on SNL. Yeah, he's 17, like 18 years strong. I, I got power. I was pretty drunk and I bought Paramount Plus just to watch Keenan and Kel again. Yo. And then the sound is real. Oh, you hear from the Yo. outside of Matt room is ah, oh, here it goes. Yeah. How much is the subscription? Hmm? How much I had because I had CBS All Access so I could watch the Super Bowl and then they charged my shit and I was like, <laughs> oh. I want this shit. Yo, get a, a separate email. I'm on the one monthly trial, then it's $6.99 after that. Oh, that's not even bad, bro. That's not, not even. even bad. I think that's that's like $2 more than what CBS All Access was. And if I would have stayed with CBS All Access, then I would have got the I would have got the grandfather price. Yo, let me read you some of the plots for Keenan and Kel. I mean, just quick. This one episode is called Fenced In. Keenan and Kel lend dates with two very attractive girls who only concern is that their dates must be on time. But Keenan accidentally gets his head trapped between a cage bars two hours Bro, before I the remember that episode. One. I, I remember that tries, one. When he tries to get Kel's yo-yo. <laughs> I remember that yo, one. Yo. That sound, yo, reading that off a of script sounds so ill, yo. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> yo. ill. The script. So yeah, that was probably that stuck in his head. Right, watching that show right now. Probably show my childhood. Coolio, Coolio did the theme song. Yeah, dude, that was my first yeah, ever like yeah. truly favorite show. I mean, I love that fucking show. I mean, I'm watching it now. I was watching it before. My dad's like, "How old are you?" I said, "26," and I'm proud of it. I love good content. We yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! Yo, just so just some of these other plots are hilarious, man. Chris, this was called the raffle. Chris, remember his his boss, Chris? Um, wait, um, Ricky? Yeah, yeah. For the the, we talking about Kel's um boss? Uh, Keenan's boss. Yeah, I realized he Keenan, was just running Keenan. a bodega, <laughs> right? And, Didn't uh, Keenan try to get Kel a job and then he drank all the orange soda? <laughs> yeah, bro. Then he had to work at the donut shop. So this Keenan and Kel episode called The Raffle. Chris oh, begins yeah. setting up a raffle for a new TV, but Kel accidentally breaks oh, it while trying, trying to grab a balloon he got from a clown whom he traded the raffle ticket with. At the same time, Keenan's parents are buying a high-quality TV for themselves. So Keenan plots to somehow replace his parents' TV with the one that Kel broke and then rig the raffle so that Kel wins. Yo. <laughs> No, if you pay attention, you know, remember that episode. If you pay attention to the to the theme song. It tells you the plot of Keenan and Kel. He he said Keenan's always scheming with a plan or a plot to make yep. it to the top. We was in the middle because they always get caught. Ooh, is that the Hardy Boys are getting into to me? It's just Keenan and Kel in your vicinity. Yo, remember when Keenan moved out the hood and they went and they moved in that yeah. in that, that was, cabin? Yeah. <laughs> That was supposed to be like that was like a, a season finale type deal. Yeah, yeah. now they came back after. And then Kel came, like Kel popped up out of nowhere, like yo, like uh, right? Didn't Kel pop up or something? Yeah, he came yeah. back. He found him. Told him to go back. Episode. Yo, that will that show was bugged out, man. Good times. <laughs> Gonna stop, dude. Keenan and Kel. Oh man, such a good time. And it's just it's so much it is fun watching it now as a, as an older person. It's it's just it's just hilarious, man. What could I say? I mean, there's an episode his head got stuck in the feds before a date. <laughs> and then watching it from an adult. Yo, is that the one where he had the suit on? 
He had like the suit on type shit with his head in the fence still. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I mean, Yo, remember, remember that Nick Cannon was on the show. They had Bill Bellamy sometimes. I think they had a. Uh, um, uh, Shaq. They did. Yeah, they had Shaq in it. <laughs> I want to say. Yo, who, who, what show Tupac? I know Tupac. Um, what show did Tupac uh, star on before he died? What he show? I didn't know he was on some yeah. shows. I know about Juice and stuff, but um, no shows. No, you know what I'm thinking oh, about. Yo, Shaq. Yo, Shaq. Uh, uh, I think Flashy brought up Shaq. Yo, Shaq used to spend a lot of time with Nickelodeon. Shaq was yo. like Nickelodeon, yo. I remember Shaq's they, everywhere. That's where Shaq gets his money. Yo, like in in a lot of ways, I feel like I feel like Shaq is almost bigger than Jordan. Like when it comes to entertainment and shit, like yeah, his shoes Shaq are just is, worse. Exactly, <laughs> his shoes are way worse, and he's not. He, he's I mean, he's a, they're both hella athletes, but but Shaq used to just there used to be like a cartoon, like a no no, it was like a Kazam. Shaq. Was it Kazam? There used to be some like real life shit, like like a real life show or something, and then things would happen. And then at the end of the scene, Shaq would walk into the scene and talk to the crowd and be like, "Kids, don't do drugs. These are the kind of things that happen." I got. I never seen that. Yo, I forgot what it's called. Yo, 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 y'all gotta you gotta look it up. You know what the most you know what the most savage thing Shaq ever did? Bars Dolo. Tell me if you remember this. This was after a game while he was still on the Lakers at the tail end. And like they got screwed over by the refs. And he says, and the you know, the guy interviews him after the game's like, Shaq, what do you think of that? And he's like, yo, and Davis Sturd wonders why the league keeps losing money with fucking bullshit like this. And then the interviewer literally <laughs> says, Shaq, you're on camera. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, then he said, All right, well, well, back to you, Chris. <laughs> he looked at the camera and said, Yeah, it. <laughs> straight to the eyes. Oh, man. Yo, did you see, speaking of me, players, did you see what Patrick Ewing did at the Garden today? Nah. Yo, say, so you know, he's the coach of Georgetown, right? So they're playing the big, nah, big East tournament. What? What? I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. They're bringing the uh, they brought back the Big East tournament. Uh, for- <laughs> exactly. So he literally says this. So we know, obviously, Patrick Ewing, one of the greatest Knicks of all time. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Maybe the very best. Just couldn't get that ring for them. Next um, goes Walter Clyde Frazier, and you know Willis Reed, then Patrick Ewing. So he's obviously he's a big deal, right? So he kept saying he kept getting um, at the security guards were giving him a hard time and he's Patrick Ewing. The man's jersey is in the rafters. Man's the, one of the greatest Knicks of all time. And he literally says this. Tell me if you could hear it. You know, they, I, I thought this was my building and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. I, I, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. <laughs> and I'm oh, getting stopped. Shit. I can't move around this building. Like I, I, I was like, what the hell? Is this I mean, I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan and say, geez, is my number in the rafters or what? <laughs> I want to say one thing. And this was, in, this was in Madison Square Garden? Today, bro, today. Yo, listen, 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 listen. Yo, <laughs> yo, they're always doing some shit like that. They did that shit to Charles Oakley. And I ain't that shit. Yo, listen, listen, man. Listen, that, 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 that dude Dolan, you need to fix himself before you get pulled up on. 
as the Knicks are starting to get nice again, man, people are coming back. The city's hungry. And yeah, you, why? But yo, when he said, you should know who the hell I am, I lost it. <laughs> yo, nah, I'd be frustrated too. Like, yo, Patrick Ewing, yo, I love his shoes, yo. Mm-hmm. That silhouette is crazy. Like, I don't know. I guess a lot of people don't like the chunky. The chunkiness of them, but I love the chunky. Like it's a big, that's a big man shoe right there. Right, man. He just—that's the only thing he did. Everything for the Knicks except bring that championship. For real. Uh, Yo, I had the Jamaican Patrick Ewings with the Jamaican flag in the back. <laughs> I traded them. I traded them for some Jordan for some Jordan fives. The metallic, no, no, not metallic red. I forgot where I traded them for some Jordan fives. Yo, um, kind of wish I still had them. Speaking of savage NBA players, we. We already hit Shaq and Patrick Ewing. Who are some of the most savage NBA players? You just love seeing them in interviews, love seeing them on social media. Who else is out there that just always <laughs> makes you smirk and laugh? Kevin Who? Kevin Garnett. Garnett. <laughs> he said He's a good athletes? actor, too. He said He's athletes, bro? Guy. He's fucking hardcore. Like, he got a podcast, too, I think, or he got a show. A show. Okay, KG is real, yo. What is it? The, is the, uh, the, steam, the, the steam room? What's it called? Um, I, forget what it's, I forget what it's called, but. Or is it the, all, all the Smoke? Oh, no, but I, if, I know what you're talking about. We can have about. an unfiltered Kevin Garnett. Nothing's better. Speaking, Knicks are down 97 78 against the Bucks, so we know that's not going to work out. Oh, but, um, yeah. yeah, KG. We seen him trash talking. KG's a dog, yo. No, I, I'm. I, what I'm gonna say next kind of sounds like I'm hating on KG, because I do like KG and I love his game, but I think KG got a little bit of hate in his blood, yo. Why is um, that? You think, he, you think he's got a chip on his shoulder? A type of hate on his blood? I think so. Always talking shit about LeBron. Yeah, I saw that. Much. I saw that he on um, Bill Simmons. He said like. Yo, his air is not as good as ours or something like that. I might be wrong, but something along those lines. He said a lot of things about LeBron, you know? Like, yeah, like, he said he was a LeBron stopper. He said all this extra shit. But in the end of the day, look, LeBron is still playing. Like, LeBron still stopped him, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, shut him down, too. Like, yeah. so whatever he want to say. I guess, Le- I guess LeBron's a KG stopper. He shut down the big three in Boston several times. Right. Yeah. He was the He was the problem. That that KG group, though good, the uh, big three, the original big three, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, <clears throat> only um, only won one title together and only made it to the uh, finals twice. Lost to Kobe and Paul Gasol in twenty ten. Yeah, when you're when you're comparing like great teams, you know, like um, that's one thing that gets brought up. Like, yo, the Celtics was a great team. Like that team right there, like Rondo, Allen, all them. Yeah, that Kenny was a Perkins. great team. But they only did it, like you said, they only did it once, you know? Like, it shows how hard it really is to win a title. And that's how good LeBron's yeah. impact is as well. But I know mm-hmm. he didn't make the finals two years ago, but he eight straight finals, you know, nine finals in 10 years. It's it's insane. What do you have to say about that, Bars? He's like the Tom Brady of basketball. Mm-hmm. Except Tom Brady has seven rings. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, LeBron's I mean, like, fours. As far as, like, appearances, like, Think about how many Super Bowls um, like Tom Brady's been in. Like, you count many, them back. Yeah. Ten, yeah. Way too many. many. He's been in he's ten. Been ten? 
Ten, yep. And he's lost he's lost three Super Bowls. Right. Two to Eli Manning and one to Nick Foles. Right. And the craziest part about it is Eli was to me, Eli's basically garbage. And Nick Foles is a one out. What? Yo, man, I love Eli. Two Super Bowls. He's getting that Hall of Fame and make everybody angry <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I understand I, the interception numbers are up. Oh, I understand good. the uh, win-loss record's only a game over 500. But he he led a revolution. He beat the greatest of all time twice. No. And he's the worst. He's the he got worst card, yo. Two Super Bowl rings. Yo, he did have Tom Brady's card, though. He did. Mm. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I don't want to admit Dolo. that, though. Dolo. I mean, bars, but twice. Eli no, Manning twice. Exactly crazy. twice. Like back to he back. Brady's card twice. Back to fucking back. Like, that's yeah. why, like, Between even four when years, they, but yeah. like, even when they go up, like, yeah, it, was, it wasn't back. It wasn't exactly back to back. Yeah, but oh, back, yeah. I mean, back to back against each other, but in the Super that's what Bowl. I meant, yeah. But um, I'm not gonna lie, I, I kind of did for a second thought it was literally year to year, like back to back. It's hard to win back, back to back Super Bowls. Yeah, he did win back to back back in the, in the early 2000s. He won in 03 and 04. But I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes couldn't go back to back this year. Sadly. Uh, yo, Tom, yo. But, do you but, think yeah, JPP and the Dominican Sioux and, and Shaq Barrett, Levante David, and Shaq Barrett? Yeah, yo, Shaq Barrett, bro. Vita like, listen, listen, listen. Let me say something. Let me say something. Let me say something. When I call things out when I call things out. I was on, I was on the Buccaneers bandwagon when Jameis Winston was over there, bro. Then they got like Shaq Barrett. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, the Buccaneers. They making some moves. They picking up some pieces. And then they got Tom Brady. I was like, man, fuck it all, bro. I was like, I was like, no, oh, yeah, my nigga, I'm not about to be a Tom Brady bandwagon fan, bro. Like, I can't do that shit, bro. Better yet, I mean, being a Bucks fan with Jameis Winston, there's some loyalty to that because that goes through a lot of picks. Yeah, and he also led the league in yards. Yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't lead to those wins. That's the only thing. When you don't have when you don't have Leonard Fournette running the ball for you, what else do you expect? (laughs) You got to throw the ball every fucking time and get cracked every fucking time. Jameis Winston did the most work. That's why he went 30 for 30. That's why he also had 5,000 plus yards. Right. Right. Yeah. How many, now, how many years James James Winston been in the league? I want to say five, five years, maybe six. Oh, yeah, now he's back. Now he's backing up Drew Brees. He threw a touchdown in the uh, divisional round against, or should I say the wild card round against Chicago. They should have kept him in. They should have kept him. He's the only one who hasn't who has an, an arm. Drew Brees has no. He has a shot arm. Looks like this is definitely going to be Brees' last season. I mean, he's he's his contract Yo, ends. And uh, put Jameis Winston behind a team that actually could protect him. Right. They could protect Tom Brady now. Yeah. So but a they can't protect. Like, come on, like that's fucked up. Yo. Like, what other savage NFL players out there? We hit the NBA. What savage NFL players? The Sue's one. I mean, you saw him curb stomp. Who did he curb stomp on the Packers? Somebody got curb stomped in football? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess, like, yeah. He did that on Thanksgiving. See, the age, of, the, age, the age of ruthless NFL players is gone. Like yeah, because of CTE and shit. Like, you got to think about it. Like, yeah, like a lot, like, a lot of them ruthless Players are really gone. Um, I will say 
that there is a player, um, Gardner Johnson on the Saints. Yeah, he's always getting some shit. He's always faithfully always getting some shit. <laughs> you know, gets know a lot of shit. Demarcus Cousins. Sorry, Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus. Ah, I keep getting confused. Demarcus Jordan. There's oh, Demarcus. Jordan? Sorry. Wait. Ah. Defensive, the pass rusher, defensive end for the Cowboys. There's Demarcus Ware, who Marcus was. Lawrence. Yeah, Marcus Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence. That's what I meant. I always get Demarcus Ware and Demarcus Lawrence confused. Demarcus Lawrence, he goes in, big trash talker. Um, and you saw what he did to that kid with the Saquon jersey. Gives him the jersey. Yo, can you sign this? He said, yo, wrong jersey, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. You ever see that yo, clip? That's a hundred. That's yeah. a hundred. Album, Wait, hold give on. me a little way album. You ask me to sign that shit. I'm gonna be like, wrong album, bitch. And kick you off. Like, yo, <laughs> I'm, yo. Matter of fact, I'm I'm probably gonna clown your bitch ass on social media. Call security too after that. Have them escort you to the back room so I can clown you privately on social I'm media. I'm weak. Live. Yo, man, the Giants wound up hooking that kid up, so I guess it was worth it for him, his parents. Nah, that's yeah, dope. Well, it's yeah, gonna be, it's gonna be worth it when we hook his ass up too. After I'm done clowning his little punk ass, but he was like, I'm, yo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Caesar, that shit would hurt you. <laughs> yo, yeah. you, you sound hurt just from it not even happening. That's why I'm getting so. That's why I'm going so fucking hard. I'm hurt. <laughs> don't be hurt, <laughs> yo. He brought another dude jersey. <laughs> he came. He came with the Carter too, my nigga. Said sign this shit, bro. I said, <laughs> yo. <laughs> I didn't even know that Oh, story. shit, Big Baby. Yo, Glenn Davis, yo, can you sign my trip? Yo, my I'm nigga, played, you know, I get called Big Baby. I, I get called Glenn Davis all the time, G. Like, when I play ball, yo, fuck all, G. That's lick. Yo, yo, Glenn Davis could get those boards. And he, yo, yo, and I think he got one ring, maybe, but he definitely got oh. some rings at the three. I'm about to, I'm oh, about to look man. that up real quick. Glenn Davis. Hey, at least you can get uh uh at least a, a motherfucker can say that, yo. Like uh I, I shit a motherfucker can't call me no damn the closest basketball player I look I look close to is uh Jason Kidd, maybe. <laughs> and I don't even and that shit. I'm five nine. At least Jason Kidd is like six something. Shit. Zach I don't Levine. mind being compared to basketball. Zach Levine, yeah, that's nah, a good one. I don't but you not. could dunk, bro. I mean, yeah, if I could dunk, I guess I guess you could call me Zach Levine. Time. Yo, guys, uh, I can talk sorry, to you both all uh, day. Uh, Nicholas, <laughs> yo, yo, what a time! Damn Listen, right. I can talk to you guys all day. Thank you so much for great energy, vibes, and stories. My cheekbones legit hurt, but seriously, you guys are awesome. I love you both. I appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to check Damn out the that. Word for Word podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Don't forget, let us know. Where can we check out the Word for Word podcast, Dolan and Bars? Go ahead, Bars. Tell them. You can check out, you can check out the Word for Word podcast right now, currently on Dolo Reacts. But we will be re-uploading all of our content on the new Word for Word YouTube channel. It is the Word for Word podcast. All of our videos. soon. Soon you will see more than just that. You'll see all the content that we have to bring for you here at Word for Word. So get ready for that, babe. Yo, can you just do that for me one more time? We had some connection issues. Can you just say that one more time for me? Like I said, you can find all of our stuff currently right now on Dolo Reacts on Dolo's on YouTube channel. But we'll be 
up re-uploading soon all of our content on the new word for word podcast youtube channel and all of our content out on there soon and you'll be pleased to know that we will be giving you more than just podcast content we giving you everything we also got a show featuring um matt on there that's coming through the re-upload for that um all all of them so yeah get ready for that all right you have any other final words anything to plug dolo um uh subscribe to subscribe to dolo reacts i got more content coming i probably got more um i do reactions to social media on there so uh social media reactions on funny videos music and all that i'm gonna start giving some personal story times kind of like this episode kind of is even kind of making me want to do it more um there's a lot to talk about um and i got a lot to talk about on my channel and um there's gonna be more coming so Follow Dolo Reacts. Follow the Word for Word podcast on all our channels. You know, um, we we everywhere. Special man. guests so this next show. On Word for, two special guests on this next Word for Words podcast. Actually, so pay attention. Sorry to cut you off, Dolo. It's all good. Yo, man, sounds sounds great. Again, check him out. Word for Word podcast. Check out Dolo Reacts, and don't forget to check out Bars' music on SoundCloud. Where can we get your SoundCloud music, Bars? SoundCloud, you can check me out. We flow, we flow bars. Um, SoundCloud, look for no sleeping. That's replace the E's with a three. No sleeping. You're going to find me, baby. And that's SL33PN. No sleeping, baby. Yeah. All right. Give me acts all day. Ain't never, fuck being woke, we ain't never slept. It's a fact. That's Words. the catchphrase. Words to live by. Thank you so much, guys. God bless. That's Doloren. That's Bars. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Have a great night, my friends. Thank you, Matt the Great. We appreciate you having us again, man. Catch you soon. Oh, yeah. Um, Before, um, I will message you what made me laugh really hard before. I just couldn't find it on here. So. <laughs> you good, bro. You good. All right. Have a great night, my friends. Good night, Bars. Right, good night, Dolo. Good night, I'll my I'll talk audience. to you, Bars. I'll talk to you, Matt. Looking forward to yeah, it. I'll talk to you, guys. Be easy. Be safe. God bless. God bless. Have a great night, guys. Dolo Ren, Bars the God. You know I love you guys both. What a great time once again. Anytime we can talk, it's always an incredible experience. So, we have more in store for this episode. This Sunday, April 26th, the 93rd Academy Awards ceremony is taking place. In a year we were not able to go to the movies, movies still came to us entertained us and gave us a great time so glad that we could start going to the movies again and why not celebrate the return of movies by talking about the best movies from last year as i said mike gumad the amazing marvel podcast host is coming back to talk predictions for this sunday ceremony and he will come back this monday as we're going to instantly react to the oscars so let's get to it once again mike gumad welcome back Let's get to you once again. Let's talk about the Oscars. Let's make these big predictions for Sunday night. Mike Gumad and me talking about the Oscars right now. We are all in for a treat, ladies, gentlemen, and people. So, it's been quite a year in the world of movies in Hollywood. And in a year we weren't able to go to the movies, they still came to us one way or the other. And we have a lot of great movies to celebrate, talk about, and honor. 
So having said that, this Sunday, April 26th at 6.30, the 93rd Academy Awards, a.k.a. the Oscars, are this Sunday. And I have the incredibly talented host of the Amazing Marvel podcast to talk Oscar predictions. And he's going to come back this Monday as we instantly react to the show. So everybody, I'm so happy to say welcome back, Mike Guman. Thank you for joining us to talk Oscars. How are we doing, bud? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just hanging out tonight. Just excited to talk about these movies. I've, like I told you before, I'm not, you know, I haven't really been fully immersed in the Oscar experience and I'm still mm-hmm. kind of slowly getting used to that. Um, as you know, but I, um, I'm actually enjoyed quite a bit of the movies that I watched. All so. right. Excellent. Excellent. And I got a good portion of them as well. And hopefully soon they could do the Marvel Academy Awards in this decade. And then uh, you'd all be coerced in that. But yeah, um, basically, before we start anything, how'd you feel about um, movies as a whole in 2020? Well, I mean, I, it, it's kind of hard to explain. It felt very like barren a little bit you know mm-hmm. like it, it was there weren't a whole lot um i i mean at least any that i paid attention to or noticed i mean i guess the one of the probably the favorite most favorite things that i saw in 2020 i really like tenant i do mm-hmm. think that the sound in that movie could have been mixed a little bit better if that's even like oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know if i'm yeah just because like i watched it a few different times and every time I could barely, you know, understand half of what was going on because of the way, you know, all the loud noises and especially the action, like, of course, love an action movie, but I got to be able to like hear the people, you know, everybody talking right. and kind of understand what's going on. So, but yeah, I mean, I like that one a lot. Um, there oh, weren't yeah. a whole lot that I picked up on really just because in the midst of everything, I kind of wasn't really, was like, Oh, there's probably not a whole, whole lot going on right now. I, try to scavenge for whatever I could, but yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I feel the same with you. You know, when it comes to tenant, Christopher Nolan's tenant. Yeah. Some of the sound mixing was off when you heard music is louder than the dialogue. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I haven't been in a theater since it sounds bad, but uh, yeah, October, October, no, I, I saw Rise of Skywalker in December 2019. Mm-hmm. We know it happened a few months later. Then before that, I saw Joker in theater. And a theater yeah, in I L.A., your, your future home. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so catching up on all the movies, obviously, on streaming services, then buying some, renting yeah. some, I guess, technically. I own Minari because I was the only one available, and I had yeah. to buy it, but <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but, um. Yeah, but in like we said, in a world where there wasn't a lot of ways to watch movies, we still figured out how to, and there was a, a lot to talk about. And you know, in this the Academy Awards is, I feel like the buzz is obviously taken a little bit, as with any major events, whether you're a sports fan or a pop culture fan or politics, and everything was dwindled down. But hey, I think uh, it'll be good to see everyone out and about in their zoom ways excuse me excuse me and um yeah let's get right into it let's talk about these oscars predictions and then we will um have some fun with it so the way we broke it down and we decided you know i mean i'm sure we can make convos about all i think 30 plus categories but we picked a little bit but i don't don't (laughs) know what's going on 
Oh, okay, I good? got you back. You're back. You're back. <laughs> All right, cool. No worries. Fix our technical difficulties. But as I was saying, the way we broke this down was the major categories. Now, I'm sure we'd have so much fun doing all 30 plus, but uh, we're just getting to the nitty gritty with it. And the way I talked about this with Mike is just we're going to go over specifically cinematography, documentary. Um, We're going to the big categories, which include adapted and original screenplay, supporting actor and actress, best actor, actress, the best director and obviously the best picture. So with the, we'll start with the documentary and um, mainly I just really focus on that one. Uh, Mike, you weren't able to get to see any of the doc uh, nominated pictures and it's okay if you haven't, but I'm just curious because I know um, I was a little late telling you that. So it's on me for it, but any of the best documentary. Oh, yeah. I hadn't, I, I don't think I had seen any of them. I mean, I could go, I could go back and check real quick just in mm-hmm. case I stumbled across one, like on, you know, and that I might've forgotten about. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, none of these look very familiar to me. I hadn't, haven't seen any of them. So it's all good. No, but I'm curious to see what, like, what, what you thought of your like pick for that. Yeah. I, I happen to see the uh, five categories we have collective with Alexander Nanu and Bianca Oena, Crip Camp with um by by and these are the producers by the way, uh, Crip Camp produced by Sarah Boulder, Jim Labrit, and Nicole Newman. And by the way, Collective is a film that revolves a group of investigative journalists at a Romanian newspaper in their arduous journey uncovering public health care fraud, corruption, and maladministration. Then you have Crip Camp, which is a movie. It's a Crip Camp is a move is a based on a camp with people with disabilities. Camp Jed, summer camp in New York. They describe them as a loose, free spirited camp designed for teens with disabilities, starring Larry Allison, Judith Human, James Libret, you know, a bunch of people who of who were campers and they eventually turned themselves into act, activists to fight for the disability rights movement and follows their fight through um, intense legislation. Then you had the mole agent, which is about a private investigator um, going undercover in Chile. With this was actually a um, Chilean movie, also got nominated. And then it ended out with my octopus teacher, which is a Netflix doc. It's literally about a filmmaker named Craig Foster and his relationship with octopus in South Africa and their kelp forest. And then it rounds out with time which is a documentary about someone serving a 60-year sentence for an armored bank robbery. And it talks about, you know, his intense journey going through that. And um, basically, um, basically, it was intense, a lot of intense movies. But I actually think Crip Camp will win the best documentary feature because that's ba- genuinely one of the best documentaries ever seen. It's a Netflix film. It was, um, as we mentioned, about these campers from a camp for people with disabilities, and they became activists to fight for the disabilities right movement during the Carter administration, then Reagan administration, finally overturned when the Disabilities Act was passed in 92, um, I believe 92, early 90s with George H.W. Bush. But yeah, this was just a documentary with... That was very heartfelt, very emotional. I don't think 
anyone who doesn't cry watching this as a soul, even the machoist, toughest person out there. I found this documentary had a lot to say and put us in perspective for people who are part of the disability community. And without it being too cliche or corny, it just shows that anybody can fight for what's right, no matter what you have in front of you, whether physical, mental or emotional. Obviously, easier said than done, but we do have potential to make a difference. And I think that's what's great about this documentary in particular. And nice. like I said, just you can check it out, Mike. It's it's really yeah. powerful. No, I wrote it down. I got to I gotta remember it <laughs> to watch it. Yeah, man. And uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, air on Thursday. And if you happen to see it uh, before Sunday's ceremony, you will not yeah. be disappointed. But cool. Why don't we hop into the other categories? Now we'll go into the features, obviously. So we basically to break this down again, we're going to start with cinematography and we're just going to pick out from the categories and we'll have Mike, you start and you tell me what you think is going to win the best cinematography and obviously say that a cinematographer as well. So the best cinematography includes Judas and the Black Messiah was shot by Sean Bobbitt. Then we have Mank shot by Eric Measureschmidt. Pretty sure I got that right. Then you have News of the World, which was shot by Darius Walski. Then you had Nomadland shot by Joshua James Richards. Then The Trial of Chicago 7 shot by Feedin Papa Michael. What a name. So out of those categories, who do you think is taking home the statue, Mike. Um, I honestly think that I'm, I'm honestly very torn just because um, I really liked Mank. Mank was like probably one of my favorites in terms of cinematography, especially since they evoke a lot of um, a lot of the style of the cinematography from that time, especially yeah. Citizen Kane, which like, you know, I haven't seen the movie since, since, you know, class in college, but <laughs> class, yeah, like, right? <laughs> I, it gave me like, it was like, okay, I remember it. Cause just the way it looks. And, and, and then, you know, there's a lot of other categories that even like, I know we're not going to go crazy into like the sound, but like, yeah, you could, you it could... sounded like a four, like a thirties, forties film. It looked like it, it was really, it was really well done. Um, but I do think nomad land also had some really good cinematography as well, just because it felt, it did feel like a, almost like a documentary to me. It, yeah. it was a very real, very raw, like, you know, way of filming. So um, if anything, me personally, I really like Mank, but I feel like Mank is also somewhat kind of a niche film. Like it, mm -hmm. it really speaks to the film. People really immersed in the film industry, oh, like yeah. you and me, but not exactly <laughs> like general audiences. I'm just trying to, I don't know how the, they, they pick, but um, I, I might have to go with Nomadland for this. Right. And the way usually the Academy works, you're split up. Uh, I'm sure you know this, Mike. You're split up in your categories by your work. Obviously, cinematographers are going to vote for cinematographers. Actors are going to vote for actors. The producers vote for the best picture. And, yeah, um, yeah I do think, obviously, Mank is a is your type of movie. You're a huge cinephile. Obviously, yeah. not everybody is, but I think at least – for those who are gen who gen have like the general feel of that thirties and for well specifically forties Hollywood, they'll get appreciation for it. Once mm -hmm. they let their pretentious self, Oh, this is black and white. I'm not going to watch it. But once you 
<laughs> so why don't you let that go? It's a very entertaining historic movie. But I actually agree with you though, Nomadland. I say Nomadland again, shot by Joshua James Richards, James Richards is gonna take the golden statue simply because, well, um, like you said, Nomadland, first of all, anyone doesn't know it's about people and nomads down in the in the Midwest in the Great Plains states in the west part of the United States, about someone who was laid off and then living amongst the nomads during the Great Recession. It was shot um it's set in two thousand nine. Is that crazy though? We were young kids, this movie existed. <laughs> yeah. It was also based on a book. And um, yeah, I think it really the cinematography lets us understand the nomad world as living through them, obviously with uh, great plane shots, establishing shots, um, so much depth of feel that you actually feel you're in the, amongst the mountains. Yeah. I think, you know, using more of your natural light for these bigger sets to actually get that feel as well works to your right. advantage for the viewer. And, um, and also just seeing these bit, you know, like, the feel as I get older and understanding the cinematography is supposed to make you feel the world of the characters. And even when you see like Francis McDormand's character working at Amazon and do you know that hard white collar workers and seeing the great um, settings they must work in and then being enclosed when you go into your trailer, I think it's a, a good tool that makes us feel, feel some type of way. And I think that's going to be used to its advantage. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else to add with the cinematography category? No, I think that's about it. Great. So next, we're going to get into our writing categories. I'm a sucker for great writing. So, um, so like we said, so next we have our adapted screenplay. And let's look over the categories. So first you have... Excuse me. So first you have for the best adapted screen adapted screenplay. So these for anyone who doesn't know, this is a screenplay based on another material, whether it's based on a movie, based on a book, based on a play, all that. So this is adaption a screenplays that are written based on other person's work. So you first have Borat, subsequent movie film from Amazon. Screenplay written by Sacha. Okay, this is a really big list. I'm going to be amazed. Yeah. <laughs> so you have Sacha Baron Cohen, Peter Bainaham, Jenna Friedman, Anthony Hines, Lee Curran, Dan Mazur, Erica Ravinovja. I know we got to work on those um, <laughs> pronunciations. But then you also have Dan Swimmer. And then the story itself by all those people, including Nina Pittard. So eight people could possibly take an Oscar. That's dominated. Then you have The Father, which was written by Christopher Hampton, Florinian Zeller, based on the play that was written by Zeller. By the way, Borat is based on the characters that Sacha Baron Cohen obviously made famous. Nomadland, again, written by Chloe Zhou. Who also wrote, who also directed the film. This is based on the book by Jessica Bruder. Then you have One Night in Miami, written by Kent Powers, based on his play that he wrote. And then you have The White Tiger, written by Raman Baharni, based on the novel by Arved Indigo. So I'll start with this, and I'm going to go crazy. And I think this film actually won the Writers Guild Award for Adapted Screenplay. And I think Borat's actually going to take the Adapted Screenplay Award. Simply because 
I think you have funny characters. You had a a plot that actually says something. I think the intense political climate we're in allowed people to understand it more. And uh, also, it was just an entertaining, funny movie, obviously crude, obviously grotesque. But I think the bigger message of what this country is becoming, plus the entertaining, funny screenplay was not the typical Oscar bait. I think it could be used in its advantage. What do you think, Mike? Who's winning this Adapted Screenplay Award? Well, to be fair with these, I only watched a couple of them. Um, I do. I, I did think that for me, I thought the concept, I don't know if if it has much to do with the writing as it does with the, you know, I'm pretty I mean, I didn't check and read up on the screenplay, but I really thought the father was interesting. I thought yeah. that the fact that they would like change the actors and actresses like like be and to kind of evoke the sense of dementia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that has that has much to do with how how it was written. Um, I do think that I mean, with in in a situation like that with a family that's having like you know a daughter that's having to deal with something like that, I did think that it was you know a lot of the dialogue, especially with how you know Anthony Hopkins and how he a lot of the things that he delivers, I I thought it was very well done. Um, and Nomadland as well. I mean, Nomadland is also a very like I said before like very real, very raw, um, authentic, um, probably pretty authentic story. So, I mean, it's kind of, if I'm choosing between those two, given the ones that I saw, I might have to go with Nomadland again Mm -hmm. um, from Chloe Zhao. All right. Good, good choice. Good choice. Now let's hop to the original screenplay. So this, you have Judas and the Black Messiah where the screenplay is written by Will Bearson and Shaka King. And the story was by King and Burson, as well as the Lucas brothers, those comedians, Keith and Kenny Lucas. And um, from there, you have Minari written by Lee Isaac Chung. You have Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennell. And you have Sound of Metal. The screenplay is written by Abraham Martyr, Darius Martyr. And the story is written by Derek Sheinfrenz. We go Derek Infants and D Martyr as well, and Darius Martyr again. Then you have The Trial of Chicago 7, written by Hollywood's probably most recognized screenwriter, Aaron Sorkin. Mike, who do you think is winning the original screenplay award? This one was tough. This one's tough. This is like a really tough one. I, um, I oh, I mean, I have to pick one. It's so hard, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like for me, I found sound of metal to be, I found, I kind of found it to be very similar to, um, you know, to, to Nomadland. It felt very raw, very real. Um, I, uh, I, and I think the story is amazing. Uh, just, you know, the, having the character who has like, you know, who's in a metal band, loses ability to hear like mm-hmm. that's just such a like a, a crazy story to me um yes. promising young woman definitely there was a strong narrative behind um behind the behind the lead i'm trying to i'm trying to remember right now carrie mulligan um, carrie mulligan yeah um so and I, I thought that was a pretty powerful story too um i don't know if it would take it would take the win I feel like it's funny because Judas and the Black Messiah and the Trial of the Chicago Seven almost like kind of 
are in the sim like a s- similar world. Exactly. I mean, they're d- very different movies, but they're very you know, and it speaks to you know the climate of the world today too. Yep. I thought Trial of Chicago Seven was a very punchy, very like you know, it was serious, but it balanced serious and like the you know the empowerment, the the sense of revolution, like mm-hmm. the 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 hype that comes from that. I thought that was really well done. Um, but at the same time, Sound of Metal as well. I mean, there's only so much like, you know, I mean, I mean, in terms of story, it's one thing that's it's a pretty heavy story, but there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Minari was pretty good, too. Um, that's the thing. These are all good nominees, which makes it so, so hard. Right. I mean, Minari is about, you know, a family who's trying to, you know, the Korean family who's trying to make it. I think it takes place in 83. Yep. yep. Um, 80s. And it, Yep, takes place then. Yeah, and and they're trying. Um, Stephen Yeun's character is trying to, you know, start a farm, and I, it's just it's really this this is this is a hard one for me. Um, but I guess the story that I I think I was most um, I'd say that I was most moved by at the end of the day was Trial of Chicago Seven. Yeah, I really liked that one, and 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 part of me has like strongly gravitates towards that one. Um, what made you moved by it? I just, I, I, between, you know, between the serious, you know, situations in regards to, you know, all of, you know, between racism, between, you know, ending the war, I think mm-hmm. all those are all serious, you know, topics that all these people, you know, all the people that were on trial, um, you know, they, they tackled them really well, but at the same time, it's like, it's also, important too that like it's like there's a little bit of i don't know i don't know how to describe the the energy i'm trying to think of like it it wasn't like comedic but it was like it was a nice it, it's nice to watch easy to watch it makes yeah it, it makes yeah and that's the thing too is like at the same time it's not to me that's kind of what makes it lack the power punch i guess is that it's not as serious um, but I, I just, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was, I thought it was really well written. So I think I'm going to go with, with trial of Chicago seven for, for that one. Solid choice with there. solid choice. I, I messed with it. And, uh, where I'm going with this again, as you also mentioned, a very hard choice, but I'm going to go with Judas and the black Messiah because the characterization, most of all, that I think out of these, obviously great character development for all of these films. And I have a lot to say about Sound and Metal a little later, but I just think with all human emotions are hit with Judas and the Black Messiah, you have, you know, a guy who's not supposed to be an anti-hero. You're following the villain the whole time with the Keith Stanford's character and uh, at playing um, as he played Will, um, Bill O'Neill. You legit hate him. You're disgusted by him. You're first you've sympathized him at the opening scene, getting arrested and stuff. But then you realize that he is just putting on a front and faking. And it's it, it makes your blood boil. If you get into it. Then you have these tragic figures you care for, like, again, with um, with uh and then you, when you had, excuse me, sorry, with Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton and his sad story, and then you felt for his significant other that got lost to this heinous act. And this movie just uh, really is eye-opening. And I think 
the writing specifically with the characterization made you just be, made you just have like hate these characters, but you just love the story that entertained and moved by you. So, yeah, let's go with it Judas. Was, yeah, that's for me. I had never um, I had never he- heard that story before, like the one that Judas and the Black Messiah told. Mm-hmm. I was and I was very intrigued by it, too. I thought it was really well done. And that, that's why that's the thing to me is like it definitely felt more powerful like than trial. Because to me, I, it was definitely, like you said, there's a lot of characterization. It hits, hits the emotions a lot. So yep. that definitely probably would have been my second choice. Good, good. So we'll go now the acting categories. The Supporting Actress Award will start. You have Maria Bakalova from Borat's subsequent movie film playing Tutar Sagadif. And you have Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elgy as Bonnie Maymaw Vance. And in a sense of irony, she actually got nominated for a Razzie for the worst supporting actress. I don't know if you knew that. You know, the Razzie Awards were not complete opposite of the Oscars, and she got nominated for both. So, oh, wow. You know, okay. <laughs> then you have Olivia Coleman in The Father's Anne. Then you have Amanda Seyfried, who plays Mank, who's in Mank, playing Marion Davies. Then you have Yon Yu Jung in Minari playing Sunja. I think <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Maria Bakalova and Borat. I think Borat's going to be two for two with their Oscar nominations. I think Maria's character and her performance, obviously just bad shit, hilarious, laugh on the ground. She's going to be a star. But I think the way she helped represent her character, you know, um, dealing with, you know, her, the way she was able to compete with Sacha Baron Cohen as Borat. I mean, she stole the show. She had a character that, you know, went through. So I think has gone through a lot of people dealing with the immigrant experience. And she played that both sensitively while also being very funny. And she was just damn entertaining. And, and I think uh, that was the most unique performance out of any of the categories. And uh, why not? Why not? I think uh, she can, uh, Shock some people. Yeah, I I personally I had only seen a few of these, mm-hmm. um, but I I personally think that for my choice um, for actress in a supporting role, I feel like Amanda Seyfried in Mank um, mm-hmm. as Marion Davies. I personally I've seen her act on screen before, and oh, just yeah. the vibe that she gives off, I feel like she was like this was her role. Like as soon as mm-hmm. I saw her on screen and, 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 you know, portraying her Marion Davies, I was like, she's like, perfect. I mean, to me that out of all of these and all the ones that I had seen anyway, this one hit me the most. So honestly, I have to like, no questions asked, go, you know, I I'm going to go with Amanda Seyfried for sure. All right. I saw her once when I was flying home from LA, she was on the same flight as me. We were in oh, two wow. different categories. But I saw her and we I said the story before, but we were standing next to each other. I chickened out to say hi, like literally the, that the as far as I am from the computer to here pre pandemic, yeah. that's we were next to each other. And oh, wow. um, yeah, she was busy on her phone. And, uh, you know, <laughs> who would have thought Oscar nominee uh, all this time later? And she she was really great in it really was. Yeah. So when we go with the supporting actor, though. We got 
Sacha Baron Cohen as not Borat, but Abby Hoffman in the trial of Chicago seven. You have, you have Daniel Kalu and Judas and the black Messiah's Fred Hampton. You have Leslie Odom jr. Who won a Tony for Hamilton. He played Sam cook and he got an Oscar nomination. You have Paul Ritchie in Sound of Metal as Joe. Then you have Lakeith Stanfield playing William Bill O'Neill in Judas and the Black Messiah. Who's getting this award, Mike? Honestly, I, I'm for me, I'm really torn between. Um, I mean, what was it? I, I was thinking about this today. And, and Sacha Baron Cohen definitely brings a lot of like comedy to the role that he he's in um also a lot of intelligence as well um and it's nice to see like his character have such power on screen but i think i personally um and it's hard too because like daniel kaluuya and lakey stanfield both like did a really good job in judas and the black messiah but i feel like i'm gonna have to go with lakey stanfield because he it's like basically he was delivering a performance within a performance as like screwed yeah, up right. as it was. It's, it's crazy to like see. And he, to me personally, like I've seen the roles that he's played. I mean, it, it makes it's, it's perfect. I think that he gets very, he's a very chaotic actor and mm. I, I think he fit the role really well, especially in this story. So I think I'm going to go with Lakey Stanfield. Yeah, man. I, I love look. Okay, Stanfield's back here from Atlanta, my favorite show. She's one of my favorite actors. I mean, whether from, you know, this Judas to Knives Out to mm-hmm. Sorry to Bother You to Atlanta. I mean, this guy, we're lucky to see what he's evolving. He played Snoop Dogg in Straight Out of Compton. Um, uh, I'm all about Lakeith, and he's going to win an Oscar someday. But I actually think Paul Ritchie and Sound of Metal as Joe playing such a sensitive, innocent, yet captivating character playing both a person from the a, a um as he plays a character who speaks sign language with just heart with such um great monologues he's not in the movie for a long time but the screen time he is in it just you know obviously no offense to him he wasn't a big a-list actor this is just you could tell this is just an actor who just got an amazing opportunity and was so powerful in it and again i'm gonna go crazy on sound of metal very soon but um i actually think paul rachie is gonna take home the oscar but the keith stanfield will win an oscar someday as well as daniel kalua uh, this was this is my favorite category out of all of them and um yeah i i i, I just want to see Sacha baron cohen get his oscar for writing but definitely acting again soon so now we go to the best actress category so we got Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as Ma Rainey. Then Andrea Day playing United, playing Billie Holiday from the United States for Billie Holiday. Who is stacking up on Sack and Golden Globes. Vanessa Kirby and Pieces of a Woman playing Martha Weiss. Then Frances McDermott in Nomadland as Fern. Then we have Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman as Cassandra Cassie Thomas. Which lovely lady is going to take this Oscar Mike. Oh, this is tough because I mean, I, I'm kind of torn between a couple. Um, 
I didn't get a chance to watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom in full. Um, I was kind of like in and out of it. But um, if I'm gonna if I'm making a decision based on the the movies that I saw, like um, the the two that I did see, mm-hmm. um, honestly. I think Fra- Francis McDermott is going to take it because, you know, That'd be I, a third again, too. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing is I really liked Carrie Mulligan's performance. I thought she was very stoic, but she was also very like, I don't know. There was a lot of power to her, but she was also very like neutral a lot of the time. And, and I don't know, it was kind of, it's kind of weird for me. I mean, I thought it was, she did really well. She has some um, great comic relief. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I do think Frances McDermott, like the way she, you know, the, the way she delivered everything kind of fit into the whole, like I said, raw, real vibe of, of that the film gave off. It, like I told you, I think it, to me, it felt a lot like a documentary type thing, even though it wasn't. Um, but I think her delivery with, with everything was, was really well done. I think mm-hmm. she, that Frances McDermott is going to take it. Solid, solid choice. And I was really, really keen and holding on. I, I um, This is one I did not see pieces of a woman, but I had seen the other four. And um, it's really tough. I really want to say Frances McDermott very, very badly, very badly. Because like you said, she just gave us fulfillment and you really felt for her the entire film. And, um, but I really think Viola Davis's Ma Rainey was something else with just from her singing and dancing to the powerful dialogue she delivered. I mean, she was unrecognizable for what she looks like, you know, and, um, how to get away with murder. And then this, uh, I mean, wow. She did really great in her last Oscar nomination in Fences, and uh, she's won a Tony before. I mean, this woman's something else. So she really, really is. And I actually think that she will win her second Oscar. And um, I think she was just going to take it. But if no one else, I really hope Frances McDermott, too, and get the three-peat because that role was just that just uh you know hit you on all emotions as well and this one this was you know my second favorite category the best actor award oh boy the oh boy <laughs> so in this one you have rest in peace to chadwick boseman in a posthumous oscar nomination as levy green in ma rainey's black bottom riz ahmed playing from Sound of Metal as Ruben Stone, Anthony Hopkins playing the father, playing Anthony. Then you have Gary Oldman playing Herman J. Mankiewicz in Mank. Then you have Stephen Ewan in Minari playing Jacob Yee. Lots to unpack here. You really could give it to every single one of these talented actors. <sighs> what do you think, Mike? Well, for me anyway, um, Stephen Yuen, I'm going to work my way kind of backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. He, I mean, I feel like he wasn't in the movie as much. As, like, I felt like there were like other standouts, like his son. Yeah. Honestly, I thought his son was a really big standout. Like, you know, his character's son was a big standout. It, but I feel like we saw a lot more of those characters. And I don't know, I really can't really make a well-informed decision on that. As for Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins, I felt like their roles that they played were very familiar. Like, I feel yeah. like 
I've seen them act this way before. So it didn't really stand out to me. So, I mean, if it's down to any two, I mean, Riz Ahmed and Chadwick Boseman, like from what I did see of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, he brings a lot of energy to his role in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I hadn't seen from him before. And Riz Ahmed as well, like he gets very broken down by the fact that he can't, you know, it's just to me, that's, that's something, especially you know, everything else that he's dealing with, he used to be, you know, a drug addict. He, um, you know, is dealing because he plays in a band and because he can't hear, it's like, it's like two opposites, like hitting each other. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to decide for those two. Um, just because like, from, like I said, from what I did see from, from Chadwick Boseman performance really stood out to me more than anything. I'm going to have to go with Chadwick Boseman. Oh Yeah. Yeah, Mike, it really comes down to those two, especially, you know, also have to add the elements of learning American sign language, playing deaf, you know, that's not easy for an actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not easy for anyone who doesn't can't experience something like that. And then you have Chavo Bozeman, you know, giving so much energy, as you said, making you laugh, making you cry, making you feel. I think I, I really think in his ultimate honor, Chadwick Boseman will uh, get the posthumous Oscar with uh, last one since Heath Ledger. And I think um, it's just terrible timing and it stinks, but I think he just played the most into, he just transformed the most in his character out of these still ta- five talented men. And um, we're miss, we still miss him and forever a legend in Wakanda forever. And uh, he, uh, I, I think it's going to be a special night for him and his family. Now with this, this was also fun. Best director. You have Thomas Vit- Vitterberg in another round. David Fincher returning to movies after a 10 year hiatus doing Mank. Sorry, eight year hiatus. Then you have Lee Isaac Chung in Minari, Chloe Zhao in Nomadland and Emerald Fennell in Promising Young Woman. Now, I think, again, in talented men and women in this category, from classics, pretty much legendary status, like a David Fitcher, two up-and-comers like Chloe Zhao, and uh, who's joining MCU, and Emerald Fennell, and stuff like that. I actually think Chloe Zhao directed the best out of these people because the performances she got out of her actors were something else, and she actually... You know, there's a lot of nomads playing themselves, not professional actors, and they play their character so well, you could not tell they've never acted before. And you have to give a lot of credit to her for that. Obviously, the choices she made shooting all those intense, all those intense depth of field shots showing off the Great Plains states has to be accounted for. And, you know, it had a good soundtrack at points. Obviously, the screenplay was uh, both heartfelt and fun. I think she deserves she deserves it. She'll be the first woman since Catherine Bigelow just about 10 years ago. And it, she just did the best in showing all the aspects of filmmaking for her role, for her role yeah. in directing Nomadland. How do you feel, Mike? I that that's the thing that I was going to say the same exact thing. I, I honestly agree that, you know, like I said, if you can get a, a like, you know, a film that is you know, to some degree fiction is realistic fiction Yeah. Um, to feel like very real and very raw and almost like a documentary type film. 
that that I give a lot of credit to to Chloe Zhao for that. So I, I do feel like she's going to take it as well. Yeah, that'd be an awesome win. It really would. And she, like I said, just did the best aspects of filmmaking were best showcased in her film. Right. So now with best picture, Mike. Oh man. Here we go with the nine categories. You have the father produced by Philip A. Carscone and Jean-Louis Fiz- Jean-Louis Livet and David Parfit about uh, about a aging man who must deal with memory loss and help with their daughter. Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by Ryan Coogler, Charles E. King, and Shaka King, about the Fred Hampton biopic doing the, showing the story of Will Bill O'Neill turning on the Black Panthers as being an FBI informant. You have Mank about the writing of Citizen Kane, about Herman J. Mankiewicz writing Citizen Kane, direct uh, produced by Kun Kaffin, Eric Roth, Douglas Kurbinski. You have Minari, produced by Christina O, oh, about a South Korean family moving from California to Arkansas to make it as farmers and making the farming community. Again, Nomadland. Big producer list here. Producer list here from Francis McDermott, Peter Spears, Molly Asher, Jan Jaffe, and Chloe Zhao about a woman joint becoming a nomad after getting laid off in the Great Recession. You have Promising Young Woman, produced by Margot Robbie and Josie McNamara and Tommy Ackerley. Then you have Ben Browning, Ashley Fox, and Emerald Vanell. And that is about a woman who... Well, let me get the the official one is about a pretty much a woman who, you know, uses men who try to take advantage of women and put in the ultimate revenge movie. Then you have Sound of Metal produced by Bert Hemelick and Sacha Ben Hart Hirochi, which is about a drum, a metal drummer who is losing his hearing and adjusts to his new lifestyle. And then you have Trial Chicago 7 produced by Stuart M. Besser and Mark Platt about the Chicago seven, the trial of Chicago seven who had, it's about the Chicago seven and who was a group of anti Vietnam war protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention to start riots at the 68 democratic national convention in Chicago. So a lot of impact, a lot to unpack, a lot of great movies. I think there's one or two classics in here. Mike, who do you think is going to win the big prize? Who's winning best picture? Oh, man, this is hard. Because, I mean, I badly, personally, if I if, if I were to choose a fan favorite, I'd probably go with Mank just because how, yeah. like, well-rounded it is. Um, but I'd say probably the biggest, probably one of the more, like, daring, creative um creative films that I think could win uh, best picture. It's probably sound of metal because it's very, to me, I think that um, just like we were saying, I thought that between the, the sound design, especially having, you know, having them try to convey, because I know, I know it has a nomination for sound as well. Um, You know, the sound of, you know, what, what someone hears when they're like nearly deaf and what the, you know, and when they have cochlear implants. And I just thought that was really cool. And just kind of the whole journey of, um, 
of Riz Ahmed's character. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like it's an interesting and different story that I haven't seen before overall. So um, I think I'm going to have to go with Sound of Metal. Oh, yeah, Mike. Oh, yeah. First, let me ask, do you have a letterbox? I do. I haven't used it in a while. I just redownloaded it just because, I mean, I haven't written any reviews for any of the movies I watched, but it mm-hmm. kind of put me in the mood to like start reviewing movies again. Yeah. Um, well, definitely follow me as I hopped on that. Uh, I love I, every single time I watch a movie, I automatically review it. Yeah. Fun fact, the latest movie I reviewed was Cocktail 1988 for Tom Cruise, hmm. and it was really bad. I gave it one and oh. a half star. <laughs> It's actually one of the worst movies I've ever seen, believe it or not. Oh, man. But anyways, if you don't mind, may I read my letterbox for Sound of Metal? Go I for it. it, yeah. Which I gave it a five. This just basically, this is my point. Sound of Metal, obviously these nine movies, other eight movies are fantastic. I enjoyed every single one of them, except, well, the father was depressing as hell and long. Yeah, but, no, I totally agree with you. <laughs> but besides I was watching, that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but besides I was that, much. I genuinely enjoyed Black Messiah, Black Juice and Black Messiah a lot. Mm-hmm. Mank was awesome for the cinephile in me. Minari was very heartfelt. Nomad Land, I actually think would they have a great chance for critics to choose because again, it's just yeah. so such a well crafted film. Promising a movie was very funny, but also had a great message. And you know, I think it made a lot of men reevaluate to make sure they know not to, uh, you know. Always be a gentleman. I think that's what what I got out of Promised Young Woman. Always be a gentleman. Yeah. And then Chicago Trial Chicago Seven. I love Aaron Sorkin. I love that cast. And that movie was fun as hell because I'm a big history buff as well. But Sound of Metal was a profound experience watching that movie. And just hear my quick, my very quick review. I said exactly in Sound of Metal. And follow me on Let on Letterbox M Brown three two one two five stars. I don't give a lot of five stars. My um. I, I wrote down when I get five, when I do my letterbox, uh, when you do the letterbox um, rating system, I put a, fi- a five star movie. I say it's amazing and it'll be a classic. I think this is the case here. And what I said exactly, and oh, Mike followed me. <laughs> Mike. Anyways, I said, when we could combine cinematic achievements with amazing storytelling, story, uh, sorry, excuse me. So the sound of metal. My review, I said, when we can combine cinematic achievements with amazing storytelling, it really can make an emotional impact for you as a viewer. And I said, Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal was able to absolutely pull this off. It has been a very, very, very long time since a move, since a film moved me so emotionally, so wholesomely. And it is one of the best examples of how powerful storytelling in an art form can be. And it simply is as powerful as what movies can do. I said this was accomplished from one of the most remarkable performances I've seen from Riz Ahmed and Paul Rachi, a heartfelt screenplay from Darius and, Ab- and Abraham Martyr, incredible direction by Martyr again, Darius Martyr, and just incredible post-production work, as you mentioned, this groundbreaking sound design and editing and bringing us to a, into a world that not a lot of people are familiar with. An amazing representation of the deaf community, who aren't different from anyone else. And this amazing film proves that in a legitimate and wholesome way with no cliches that you can have a heartfelt performances in film. Sound of Music, my humble opinion, is the very best movie of 2020 and one of the most impactful films I have seen in a long time. 
as I noticed my uh, typo in there, which I'll fix shortly. But yeah, I wrote that in January. And um, like I said, very moved film, very yeah. entertaining, very, very difficult to watch at some points. But I think it's a movie yeah. that we should, especially in a world where we let so many first world problems and dumb inconveniences get in front of us. I think a movie seeing characters who have different challenges and arguably more humbling ones that people should really be aware of. I think this yeah. is a great movie to show that. And exactly. I think it, it, this is the sound of metal is when movies hit when the lot planets align is when, a movie like Sound Metal, Metal comes. I don't think it'll win Best Picture. I've heard a lot of critics saying this definitely should be, but because of how the Academy is set up, it probably won't be. But this yeah. movie just, it's like, it's like the points when you took MCU movies seriously, like, hey, a comic book movie can show how great films can be and entertain us and still have an emotional impact. Yeah. In that fantasy world of superheroes, I think in different ways, Sound of Metal does that for having us understand how powerful a movie is for characters we don't normally interact with. So, yeah, it's going to be great. And I think um, it should win. And I hope we can celebrate it in a few days from now. Mike, is there anything yeah. else you want to add? No, not really. I honestly, man, I, I personal, like I said, personal favorite of mine. It was the first of these that I that I watched was mank and i have to say like the the a lot of like the the way they talk and which you know i know it's definitely different here you know <laughs> yeah it's like honestly i i it, it, they talk about a lot of different things that i'm like am i like i mean normal when you're when you're like a you know a general audience member watching this like you probably don't understand like a good part of what's going on i mean of course if you know that mo the time in history and but like, especially with the way people are talking and what they're talking about is like a little bit like, you know, a little crazy, but um, overall, like the way the film was made between the sound and the, you know, and, and everything like the aesthetic, like it definitely reminded me, even though I haven't seen it in forever, Citizen Kane, they, that was captured perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, it speaks to me because I'm, you know, I'm also a writer and it's, just, it's it, I mean, granted the story is very like different, you know, but it's, it's, I thought it was a cool movie. I thought it was probably the coolest, my, my personal, like one of my personal favorites of, of these movies. And I also like trial of Chicago seven too. I thought that was a very, uh, thought it was very fun to watch, but oh, I mean, yeah. is there any, any of yours that are like that you might not think will win, but like our fan favorites of yours, you know, adding on to sound of metal besides that, um, I, I ultimately think no man land's going to take it, but I also yeah. thought promising young woman was, you know, a different type of Academy Award film. I think it's yeah. a movie that makes you uncomfortable for the right reasons and right. Exactly. Learn something from it. And I think that, um, is a very interesting film to, um, take notice, but I also really like Judas and the black Messiah a lot, even though it's a very dark and sad story. I think it just shows the big battle is and the big question it asks do you put yourself over your community most of all? Right. They see, yeah. I mean, for me, I just like, again, like I was telling you before, it was like, it was something that I had never seen before. Like mm -hmm. I, I did, I never knew about 
Bill O'Neill, I didn't know anything about it. And I, I thought it was interesting. And I, it's crazy. Like how, how little, like, it's nice that films can not only entertain, but they can also educate, you know, especially when it comes to those time times in history, it's crazy. And I, I, I loved it for that reason. I thought it was great. Oh yeah. And incredible performances. I hope, I really think no man is going to have a great day in Judas and the black Messiah, but I just think Judas and the black Messiah was, this is an important movie for now and it makes you uncomfortable for the right reasons. And, um, exactly. but not taking away from no man, like, cause I did like that movie a lot, but I think just a real special highlight that came out of this, all these films was Judas Nomadland. And then you had sound of metal. And I hope those three films are honored respectfully and deservedly. So, so yeah. with that, Again, don't forget to check out Mike Gumad on the Amazing Marvel podcast. When's the next time we're dropping, Mike? Friday or Saturday, hopefully. Um, we got to right, catch cool. the finale of, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm very excited for that. All right. So be on the lookout for that. This Saturday, we'll drop in. Here is instant reaction to the big finale of Captain of, um, sorry, Winter Soldier. <laughs> one more time. Can you just say it one more time? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yes. Which has been very... I've only seen the first two episodes, but I keep seeing it shown all over the film, Instagram pages. Obviously, seems like... I like the first two episodes. And any other thoughts, uh, any predictions you think what's going to happen there? Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't really do it without getting into spoilers. So I'll let let you watch it. It does get Mm -hmm. crazy. Like episode three it starts picking up and you see a character that you've seen before, but you see them in an interesting new light, which is okay. weird, but it gets you hyped for hopefully the future of this character. And then of course there's more characters that are introduced that you get even more hyped for. So it's definitely an expanding world. It always is with Marvel. So absolutely. But do you yeah. think at least, do you think a satisfying ending is going to occur? Yeah. I mean, like I, I told you so before, yeah, exactly. I, I like I told you before, WandaVision was very was very I don't know, you you watched the whole thing, yeah? Yep. Yeah, yep, so yep. WandaVision WandaVision to me was very like cryptic and the the payoff was I mean, it, it was a great story, don't get me wrong, but the payoff was like not I, mean, I feel like it was widely not as accepted as as, you know, as we thought mm-hmm. it would be. Um but I do feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is definitely more of a direct real they lay everything out for you in the narrative it's a thrill it's still very much in the vein of the the winter soldier movie it's a bit like a very political thriller type thing and i do think that will with this one it'll be a very direct very satisfying ending i i i think anyway yeah and it's the most it seems the most it's the more marvel of the most marvel quote unquote Marvel of the adaptions of the, you know, spinoff so far while yeah. WandaVision was really for anybody who especially like TV and pop culture and the cultural references, Marvel's just straight to the point of Marvel story. So yeah. Um, was pretty ex- yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your WandaVision was what? No, I think to me, WandaVision was kind of, was pretty ex- ex- to some degree kind of experimental a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I definitely. think that it was very the way they 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 portrayed everything. Like I said, it was very cryptic. So you know, but it was it was interesting for that reason too. But yeah, definitely when when you know with Marvel, it's nice when things are more 
direct, especially with Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Well, again, check Mike out this Saturday as he gives us this reaction to the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And always check him out on all podcasting platforms, the Amazed and Marvel podcast. Mike, we will see you again. I'll see you on Sunday night, but we will see you Sunday in the night. show. We'll see the audience. We'll see you this Monday, the first ever back-to-back guest of the Productive Conversations podcast as we react to the big night in Hollywood. So until then, Mike, I'll see you really soon. I appreciate you a lot. You're the man. And uh, I'll see you on Sunday. See you Sunday. So long, Mike. See you later. How about that? as I said in the show, you heard it here first. The movie that should win it all. The big winner. The winner of the best picture should go to Sound of Metal. That movie is a profound experience that everybody must experience at least once who enjoys great movies, who enjoys heartfelt stories, who enjoys movies that have something to say. Sound of Metal should win best picture and we should have an incredible night this Sunday. So don't forget to check out the Academy Awards, this year's Oscars on ABC this Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So next week, we'll be back. Monday's show will be exclusively about the Oscar ceremony. Then on Thursday, we're going to talk about the NFL draft as well as the Kentucky Derby. So a busy week ahead next week. We can't wait to see you then. I just want to thank my guests once again, Dola Ren and Bars, for an amazing appearance. Thank you, Mike Gumad, for an incredible appearance yourself to talk Oscars with me. He'll be back on Monday to react to the Oscars with me. And then we have more incredible shows going on from there. Next week, incredible shows. The week after, incredible shows. The week after that, the week after that, we have exhilarating shows on its way. You do not want to miss any one of them. And none of this is possible without you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world of the Productive Conversations podcast. I love you all deeply and dearly, and thank you for making this an incredible experience. And we will continue to make great shows for you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world. And with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I thank you for an amazing experience. Experience. Thank you for an amazing time, and I will see you all next week. Have an incredible weekend, have a safe one, and do something extraordinary. All right, everybody, see you Monday. Peace.